1986, a dork was born unto Tim and Charlotte Carr in the medium-sized town of Springfield, Missouri. Many years later, another dork, albeit a cool one, was born unto Kenneth and Regina Howell in that very same medium-sized town. Eventually, the dorks would meet in a house of God, but their friendship would be built on the devil's music, and eventually still they would come to worship at a different altar altogether. For their Lord was food, their communion caloric, their bread, actual bread, and their wine, well, that's cheese. These boys would grow up to become the host of America's, nay, the world's number one podcast about restaurants in the medium-sized town of Springfield, Missouri, and that's a fact. Live to a hard drive Wow! from the 16th floor of the Hammonds Tower for the hundredth time. Good you're God. listening to, I know, <laughs> you're listening to Spring Food Mo. America, nay, the nay. world's <laughs> number one podcast by restaurants in Springfield, Missouri. My name is Andy Carr. And my name is Dan Howell, and I am the the cooler younger of the two dorks. <laughs> Dan, you look tired. Oh, boy. Why Andy. is that? I, I've got crow's feet to the sides of my eyes, bags under my eyes. <laughs> Uh, my eyes right now are very telling, and uh, they're, they're telling that I'm tired, and of course I'm tired because I'm not rested. I'm not resting because I simply will not rest, Andy, until we've eaten at every single restaurant in this fair, medium-sized town of Springfield, Missouri. Oh, boy. Did you think we'd get this far, Dan? I truly, <laughs> truly did not, Andy. Or I guess I... I hoped I I hoped we wouldn't. Well, first three episodes I didn't expect it, but honestly, fourth episode on, I was like, I think we could keep doing this. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> when people started listening to it immediately, which is still odd, mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, hundred episodes. Yeah, those first three episodes, I just wish you know, I I hope someday we can maybe redo those and 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 get better episodes. <sighs> I don't think so. I think those are just gonna okay. stay. Well, yeah, <laughs> the way they are. In fact, now that I say it out loud, it sounds really stupid. <laughs> what a bad and idea. I'm I'm sort of an idiot for even saying it. <laughs> Happy 100th episode, Andy. Hey, you too. And uh, only 50 minutes late <laughs> to the record today. Yeah. Well, you know, just wanted to keep things regular. Yeah, we don't have like anything important to do afterwards. No. No. Why would we? <sighs> Andy, what a week! What a week! Uh, for us specifically here at the podcast, but uh, for the world, I would say mm-hmm. uh, a lot of stuff going on out there, really putting a damper on all our live show plans. I know. I yeah. mean, we were going to do a live show at the square today. <laughs> 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 we're recording on Saturday, uh-huh. uh, June 6th, yeah. by the way, <laughs> 2020 for any less listeners in the future. Andy. Uh-huh. What were our original plans for the hundredth episode? I think we, yeah. you know, but all, all uh, jest aside about the uh, protest movements going out there today. Uh, the the COVID nineteen was more what yes. put a damper on our hundredth episode. Uh, plans. Yeah, we. I think we had talked about doing some sort of live show, and we tossed around reviewing Salito Lindo today because mm-hmm. that was a place that I at least had a ton of experience with. Probably the restaurant in Springfield out of which I've eaten the most over the sure. years. But since we know, I mean, we set the goal to do a thousand episodes. Uh-huh. We'll do it for episode one thousand. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Only nine hundred more episodes <laughs> until then. Plus a. Uh, I would assume we could do 
500 bonus episodes uh-huh. in that time as well. Yeah, you, you'd figure, uh, that's, yeah, something more like 200 more bonus episodes. Sure. Uh, what Tower Club listeners will get, $5 a month, wow. half of which goes to support uh, Ozark's Food Harvest. Lucky and the other, other half we're doing some other stuff with, too, Dan. Why don't you tell listeners about that? Oh, Andy. So last month we provided... Uh, just I think almost like two hundred and fifty dollars to Ozarks Food uh-huh. Har- Foods Harvest. Uh, we you know donate that at the end of each month. This month we've decided to still do half of our proceeds for those Tower Club episodes to Ozarks Food Harvest to feed the hungry here in the Ozarks, and the other half, the half that would normally line our fat pockets. <laughs> And our pockets are so fat, <laughs> folks. We have to buy extra big pants. <laughs> that other half. We're going to be donating to uh, some Black Lives Matter causes yeah, for here, sure because they uh, do in the state because they absolutely do. That is the stance of the uh, show. Of course, uh, we we are uh, anti police brutality, anti fascism, anti sure. all bad things. Yeah. I would say we're anti bad stuff. Any, anything that involves one human being mean to or harming another mm-hmm. human in any way, I'm against it. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we have this like. Up weirdly, uh, I wouldn't even want to say the podcast is popular, but we make a little bit of, bit of money each month, and we don't need it. <laughs> we no. should give it to some people who could actually use it <laughs> yeah. for something other than uh, buying, uh, let's be honest, far too luxurious mm-hmm. meals as we did this week. <laughs> well, we deserve these meals, of course. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think we'll probably be donating all of it to yeah. the Missouri Black Protesters Relief Fund. Yes. At least that's where we had already donated to earlier. We may split it up between different yeah. causes. But that one met its goal, so we may be able to okay. find another one that that is has more of a need. Well, we'll see. Perfect. We'll see. Yeah, and I'm going to try and make those donations weekly rather than at the end of the month. That way we can get those resources out there to those in need uh, because, boy, are there a lot in need this week, Andy, and and every week. Yeah, for sure. And um, it's probably better to donate directly. But mm-hmm. if you want to get two episodes of our two extra episodes of our show each week, towerclub.springfoodpod.com. But really, I think there's like a 15% cut that the company that hosts us gets. So yeah. it's probably better off if you just donate directly to the organization. Sure. If that's something you feel like doing, which cool. Yeah. And we may go post some links to those organizations as well. So you can do so. Yeah. I mean. You might do that. I'm, anyway, I'm, uh, I'm not going to. <laughs> thank you to everyone so much for listening to us for 100 episodes. It means a lot. It's kind of insane that we get to do this at all, let alone, you know, have people pay attention, like a weird amount of people pay attention to it. Yeah. No, it, it's uh, frankly pretty silly. Yeah. That, that uh, us, such podcast heads, <laughs> now have 100 episodes of our own podcast uh-huh. under our belts. Yeah. Wow. Uh, we did have an uptick in listeners this past couple of weeks. Really? Like, weirdly high. I'm saying everything's weird today. Hmm. I don't know why. Um, yeah, we had our episodes come out on Tuesday, and usually that's our highest download number of the week. But uh, Thursday was higher, Dan. Wow. People just listening to the back catalog. So I hope people are enjoying all those episodes. <laughs> Wait, the show didn't get good till last week, mm-hmm. so <laughs> we're sorry about those previous ones. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's just like bonus content mm-hmm. for you, you know, you know, start from last week. Actually, you know, the week before that I thought was pretty good too. start from episode 98 and then you got a whole back catalog of 97 before that that are just not great. Know, yeah, not great to <laughs> outright bad, <laughs> bad guests. <laughs> we are bad. Oh, yeah. We've yeah. never had a good guest. No, no. We ourselves <laughs> are not good, which obviously the listeners figured out so far, even if they're a new listener this week. Uh, but usually our guest is so bad that they end up dragging us down even further. So yeah. it's, it's, you know, we, 
there's not much we can do about it, but we're trying our best. Randy Santel, you know, YouTube professional eater uh-huh. with a million YouTube followers. Uh-huh. Uh, bad guest. Bad guest. Kenny DeForest, national stand-up comedian. Uh-huh. Great guy. Oh, it's been on late night with Seth Meyers. Bad uh-huh. guest, Bad though. guest. Definitely not yeah. funny. Jeff Houghton. Bad Bad guest. <laughs> Sarah Jenkins, also on the Mystery Hour. Terrible guest. Terrible. You know who's Awful. real bad? Claire Porter. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> 417 Mag... Well, former 417 yeah. Magazine writer. Hopefully a future one. Well, they caught wind of how bad she, she was. She was sad even though she came up with the premise of the show. Uh-huh. I'm sorry. No, she didn't. <laughs> it's been that way the whole time. It wasn't because she wrote it in an article. Andy. Anyway, bad guests all around. Bad hosts. <laughs> But this is the last bad episode. This is the last one, yeah. You know what? We're not being meta anymore. We're, we're going we're gonna to pull this show out of its own. <laughs> yeah, we're going to make them good for now on. Yeah, no That's more right. meta. We're an evergreen podcast uh-huh. after this episode. Yep, absolutely. But for this episode, you best hope you've listened to the rest of the show. <laughs> yeah, because you're not going to get any of the it jokes. It ain't going to make any sense. <laughs> Speaking of this episode, uh-huh. Andy, the episode that we're on here this week, hmm. um, I did make a promise to one of our spring food most super fans uh online earlier this week uh i was asking for people to match my donation to uh gofundme for the family of brianna taylor one mm. of the you know the victims of police brutality that we're marching for uh and i said that if my donation was matched that i would do an impression of uh anybody's choice now i'm not known for my impressions i don't yeah. do impressions here on the show it, it's an odd uh, request yeah yeah i mean it i i put it out there i just thought it would be interesting if anybody wanted to hear me do an impression uh and you know the the only person who ended up matching my donation was kelsey our spring food most super fan uh-huh and she requested that I do an impression of Harrison Ford. Now, oh. there is a problem in that I don't have an impression of Harrison oh. Ford. Um, That's a big problem. Yeah. I, I, I tried it. I, I really tried my darndest to, to come up with one. Uh, but fortunately for me and fortunately for Kelsey and fortunately for all of our listeners, uh, I was able to reach out to the man himself. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. And he actually called in with a voicemail. Uh, we're going to be playing a couple of voicemails here on the show today, but our first here is actually from Harrison Ford, who just wanted to thank Kelsey for her donation and, uh, thank spring food Mo. And, uh, he actually brought one of his friends along with him to do the voicemail. So, uh, without further ado, we've got a little yeah. voicemail here from Tom Brokaw and, and Harrison Ford. He must have like a really great microphone set up at home because uh-huh. it doesn't sound like a voicemail at all. No, no. All of our voicemails this week weirdly sound almost professionally recorded, studio recorded, mm-hmm. uh, rather than on the phone. But, uh, you know, that's just the way of the world now. So let, let's go ahead and get into that voicemail from, uh, of course, Tom Brokaw and Harrison Ford from the Star Wars. Harrison Ford bit by an Ewok today on his ranch in North Dakota. Ford is in stable condition, but the Ewok had to be put down. Here to comment is Harrison Ford. (laughs) That must be very difficult for you. In other news, American graffiti actor Harrison Ford crashed a convex freighter craft into the forests of Indoor today. <laughs> the, the regarding Henry Thesbian sustained minimal injuries, but 
Dozens of VWOCs were massacred. That's me? What that? You're here to comment is Harrison Ford. <laughs> also, as far as current events, which is a thing that I, Tom Broke, I'll say. Uh-huh. Harrison Ford, noted American carpenter, announced today that he would be splitting from wife of 10 years, Allison McBeal. <laughs> Ford expressed his intent to expediently marry an Ewok. <laughs> Here to comment is Warwick Davis. <laughs> that was a long voicemail with an abrupt ending uh-huh. before veteran actor Warwick Davis could comment. <laughs> yeah, weird. <laughs> he must have just, uh, he must have been surprised. Well, yeah, I mean, you can, on. Only, you can only leave so long of a voicemail. I think it probably just cut off. I mean, famously, he and Harrison Ford hang. Uh-huh. You know, <laughs> very famously. Yeah, no, I, I think we all know that. Anyway, thanks for Kelsey. Thanks yes, to Kelsey thank for so matching much, Kelsey. Uh, that donation. We actually have one more voicemail to oh, play. Oh, wow. Dana, really? Before we get into our, uh, you know, purpose for mm-hmm. the day. We put out the call yesterday for voicemails uh-huh. and we got one. Let's hear it. Hi, Andy and Dan. Thanks for your episodes. I'm congratulating you on your 100th. I enjoy your podcast, and thank you, thank you for keeping it almost G-rated so mom can listen. Have a good episode. Bye. That's my mom. Wow. Oh, I was going to say Alicia Silverstone. Wild. Well, oh, thank that's you. that's great. Thanks, mom. That's really sweet. Show mom. I was just going to say thank you, Charlotte. But that, that, uh, you called her mom, and then I wanted her to be mom, too. Mom, too? The mom as well. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> All right, Dan. I guess we should get into the restaurants. Oh, we're going to cover it. Wait, wait, Andy. Okay. Pause. Pause. But like a dog's feet. We we normally only cover one restaurant on the show each week. I mean, that's mostly true. (laughs) So what's this you say about restaurants? Well, Dan, we were debating what we should do because we kind of wanted to save Salito Lindo for a live one and decided mm-hmm. we should uh, treat ourselves to a very fancy dinner. Well, kinda we do, of course, decide. deserve it. Yeah, we do deserve uh-huh. it. <laughs> We've earned it, folks. Yeah, we sure have. You could say it's a privilege we uh-huh. have. Oh, oh goodness. <laughs> Chock full of it. Uh, the actual Tower Club doesn't do dinners. That's probably no. where we should have done. Yeah. But it was kind of between this and Flame and a couple other really nice restaurants, and we settled on doing... Metropolitan. What's the next word, Dan? Uh, <laughs> I believe it's grill, Andy. Grill, Metropolitan I don't grill. know. Was that a legitimate uh, brain yep. spasm you Could just not had? remember wow. the second word. Okay. <laughs> Metropolitan <laughs> grill, but Andy, I'm still confused because that is but one single restaurant. Yeah. Well, it turns out the owner is a bit of a Springfield legend. Oh, Pat Duran. Pat Duran. And has uh, two other restaurants in town. We just figured if we're going to tell his story, why not try all his restaurants? Wow. So that is what we did. We tried Metropolitan Grill, Great American Taco Company, which Mm -hmm. I can barely say without (laughs) disdain dripping from my voice, just with the name. And Hard Knocks Barbecue. That's K-N-O-X. He's been around for a long time, and I've had some. Uh, I've said some stuff about him on the show before. <laughs> do, do we want to uh, go ahead and play any clips of that? 
No. Are you sure? <laughs> yeah, because I, I don't remember when I said them. I'm just going to go ahead and offer a little bit of a mea culpa here. I, I'd heard some things about him that I actually couldn't find any evidence of whenever I did the research. Like, pretty negative things, to sure. be honest. I'm going to issue a bit of a mea culpa because it turns out that he's um, a pretty generous person, <laughs> you know? Uh, and you'll hear about that uh, right now when we tell a story in this uh, nine-minute biographical segment. Wow. Patrick Sean Duran was born on April 10th, 1971. He grew up in Santa Fe, New Mexico, the youngest of his parents' 12 children. After high school, Pat joined the army where he served as a paratrooper. When he got out, he went to college on the GI Bill, at first studying to be a teacher, but eventually switching to culinary school. In the year 2000, Pat left New Mexico for Springfield to be near his retired parents. He'd visited them many times, and it just started seeming like a great place to live. He said, Springfield is one of those places, if you visit enough, you'll move here. I'm Pat Duran did not start a restaurant right when he arrived, but rather he bought one that had already been established. Some listeners might be surprised to learn that Metropolitan Grill, a restaurant pretty much synonymous with Patrick Duran these days, was founded in 1994 by a man named Fred Coco. Pat didn't take over until 2005. Fred Coco was something of a prolific restaurateur in the 1990s. He was involved with Jay Perino's back then, as well as a few other places that aren't around anymore. Fred Coco certainly has his own story and probably deserves his own segment, but since he's not the focus of this episode, I'm just going to mention this one thing. The newsleader extensively covered an incident at Fred Coco's Metro Grill involving a customer who was injured after slipping on lettuce that had been dropped on the floor. The customer sued Fred for a million American dollars and wound up winning the case, though Fred only had to pay $168,000 because the judge decided that the customer was 10% responsible for the accident. I don't know how any of those values are even remotely quantifiable, but anyway. Under Fred Coco, Metropolitan Grill had primarily been an Italian restaurant, but when Pat Duran took over in 2005, it became something more akin to a steakhouse, though even that is too simple a descriptor. Metropolitan Grill is basically anything and everything Pat Duran wants it to be. The menu is experimental and all over the place. It's funny and funky. One section is called cattle, fish, fowl, swine, and wool. It's the meat section. Pat and his crew tried to source as many ingredients as possible locally, both for flavor's sake and to support the community. The official Metro website is kind of insane looking. There's huge text front and center that reads, We are Jedi Knights of everything culinary and cool, offering an eclectic mix of world cuisines and taking great pride in our from-scratch cooking. The aesthetic of Metropolitan Grill is strange, weird, and fun, and it's totally unique in Springfield. And Springfield, at least the people in Springfield who can afford to eat at Metro Grill, seem to love it. For 15 years now, Metropolitan Grill has remained one of the city's premier, possibly even its most premier, fine dining establishments. Man, 
now she wants a Mercedes Benz. Accounts as a Toyota would make more sense. These are the problems I'm gonna Pat Duran's second major restaurant venture was Great American Taco Company, which began in September 2013 under the name Springfield Gourmet Taco Company in the building at 3120 East Sunshine that had previously been a Schlotzky's and is now the absolutely delicious O'Bannon Bank. The intent from the beginning was to create a restaurant that could be franchised. Pat wanted to make tacos that used distinctly American flavors. His marketing director explained it this way to the news leader. He asked himself what he could do to make tacos to the American culture, what pizza is to the American culture. People don't think they're eating Italian food when they're eating pizza, and tacos don't necessarily mean Mexican flavors either. In the early days, the taco company offered free tacos for teachers on Tuesday, and we ate so many that they had to stop doing it. It's a true story. In October 2015, Pat moved the taco company to a building right next door to Metropolitan Grill and changed the name to Great American Taco Company. Why the change? It's pretty simple, really. The Great American moniker just felt more franchisable. In 2016, the first expansion opened in Bentonville, Arkansas, but it didn't last long. That's the only other Great American Taco Company that existed beyond the second one that opened in Springfield in 2018 by franchisee Tyler Thompson. In spring of 2017, in collaboration with chef Peter Tyson, Pat opened a Wednesday through Sunday breakfast restaurant called Vespa Kitchen in the space right next to Metropolitan Grill. It was a bright space with a kind of a modernized 50s diner atmosphere. Lots of bright white tiling with black checks. Vespa Kitchen had a dish called Sriracha Chicken and Waffles, and it was the single best breakfast entree I've ever had in Springfield rivaled only by the Biscuit Bar at another Pat Duran-affiliated restaurant, the long-gone Metropolitan Farmer. I would get the chicken and waffles with a side of salted caramel sweet potato fries, but now both of those items are the stuff of legend because sadly, Pat Duran closed Vespa Kitchen after only a year and a half of operation, and he did so in spectacular fashion with a public Facebook post that was an absolute masterpiece of passive aggression. Uh, here's what it said. The challenge of finding adequate staff proved to be a greater task than I envisioned when I first developed the concept. While I was able to bring in some amazingly talented personnel, there seemed to be a continual disconnect between my fundamental philosophy of success that I have had in the industry over the past 14 years. For those of you that know me well, simply put, things weren't going in the direction that I could envision perfection. So that means it was time to change direction. It wasn't long before Pat came up with another use for the former Vespa space. In 2019, he opened Hard Knox Barbecue, that's K-N-O-X, like Knoxville, a smokehouse developed along with Jeremy Smith, co-founder of City Butcher, as well as Tyler Thompson, he of Great American Taco Company franchise fame. The trio had been on a competitive barbecue team together just for fun and decided to turn their hobby into another business. That's right, these dudes love cooking so much that when they get off work from a day of cooking, they unwind by doing some more cooking. 
Hard Knocks Barbecue specializes in meats smoked with pecan tree wood, a flavor profile unique among Springfield's booming barbecue restaurant scene. Hard Knocks also features a few proprietary barbecue sauces and dry spice blends, all of which customers can purchase packaged at the restaurant to use at home. Pat Duran has been an active, engaged, and highly public personality in Springfield for almost two decades now. He's passionate about what he does, and he's not shy about it when he objects to people's criticisms. He's outspoken, and he's proud of his work, and he's got every right to be. Pat Duran has built a kind of local restaurant empire beloved by thousands of devoted diners, and it truly doesn't seem like he takes any of that for granted. Pat has done a lot of charity work over the years for various causes, and rather than sum them all up for you, I'm just going to let Pat himself sum it up. Uh, On March 16th of this year, as restaurants had to shut down due to the global pandemic, Pat Duran posted the following public message on his personal Facebook page. Please don't give up on local restaurants. We are so much more than just places to eat or grab a beer. My own story is not a unique one. I started out as a soldier, served my country during both war and peacetime. I used my GI Bill to go to culinary school, paid my dues, and got lucky. God blessed me with a family and four restaurants that I work in every day. I have 144 family members known as my staff. They have all helped to make me a successful owner. I measure my success not with my checkbook, but with what it allows me to do. We feed 100 homeless veterans breakfast every Friday. We donate and raise hundreds of thousands of dollars to local charities, schools, hospitals, and churches. We deliver meals to our elderly and sick customers. We help people create lifetime memories, anniversaries, birthdays, first dates, engagements, marriages, first dances. But we get the other stuff too, last meals, funerals, and celebrations of life. But like I said, I am not unique in my story. Many other local restaurant owners tell a similar one. I know times are scary as the panic seems to be winning right now. We are taking every precaution to keep you all as safe as possible, I promise you. I only ask you don't forget about us local restaurants. We are part of that heartbeat that keeps a community alive. Pat Duran, owner, Metropolitan Grill, Great American Taco Company, Hard Knocks Barbecue. Mia culpa, you a culpa, we all a culpa. <laughs> oh, I, th- I think we actually have a, a guest here in the studio right now, Andy, oh, walking no. in. Oh, goodness. I mean, surely you recognize this fellow. Misa culpa! <laughs> oh, my Jar-Jar goodness. Jar Binks! That was Jar Jar Binks just in and out of the studio to say Misa culpa. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, yeah, I, uh, I have referred to pat duran as a local villain before and mm-hmm. i learned that that was very disrespectful and categorically untrue sure he's done a lot for the community especially for uh homeless veterans cooking for homeless veterans every friday doesn't get much more noble than that i'll say we do disagree on some stuff politically sure and honestly kind of a problematic pick for this particular <laughs> week of the show yeah, absolutely but i yeah so that's not why we're doing it we were doing it I don't know why. We're doing this is a it, nice restaurant. Of course, because we deserve it. <laughs> yeah. And we were doing it because uh, I we just couldn't really figure out another restaurant truly, to do for we, the 100th episode. We had to just pick one and commit yeah. to it, and we did, and it turned out to be 
this one. Yeah, we so, we had some grand plans, but the, with the state of the ones. world, it, it it just ended up being these ones. Uh, you know, in a in a little three restaurant showdown. Yeah, we've decided to call Duran 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 the three meal ordeal. <laughs> <laughs> Not bad. It's pretty good. And I know, <laughs> I know what you're expecting. You think we're gonna play hungry like a wolf? Uh-uh. Not gonna happen. We would never do it. We're not hacks. Mm-mm. What a hacky choice. That would be so hacky. Uh-uh. <laughs> Rather, we're going to do I don't know, something much less hacky. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> I- I'm gonna say right now, Dan, we do have the next three restaurants planned out, and we purposely picked them and have actually been planning on covering these restaurants wow. for episodes 100, 100, 203 for about a year, I would mm-hmm. say, maybe more. After that, I think we ought to commit to doing uh, big big mamas. Yeah. Oh yeah, no. I, th- I think we should uh, maybe slate out a whole month of black-owned businesses if we can uh, accommodate that. I know we've already covered a handful in the past, mm-hmm. uh, and there's not, you know, as far as businesses go in Springfield, it, there's not a huge number of black-owned ones. So I, I don't, I don't want to get them all out of the way in right. one fail swoop. But I would definitely like to do a series of that. Definitely, cool. we we covered a couple of the major ones already. Mm-hmm. Uh, Crosstown Barbecue, absolutely, highly recommended. One of the absolute best restaurants in town. We're going to talk about a good barbecue restaurant today. I'm going to go say Crosstown is my absolute favorite, oh, and definitely. I highly encourage people to go patronize that place yeah. as many times as possible, all the time. Do it right now. <laughs> Stop the for, podcast. Have it for breakfast. Uh-huh. Say hey to Steve. <laughs> tell him Andy and Dan sent you. And he'll go, huh? <laughs> what? And he'll go, huh? And also, we're not open during these hours. <laughs> Please go away. Anyway, so I guess we can start the the Pat Duran 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 mm-hmm. three mayoral ordeal. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can we can do chronologically. Uh, wow. Reverse chronologically. Let's start with Hard Knocks Barbecue. Let's do it. It's just opened last year, Dan. We met there. You, you you did your order online, mm-hmm. but we still met there and ate Together. at the restaurant. Yeah, <laughs> I thought you were also no, doing yeah. your order. We online. didn't communicate. Uh, sparse decor in there. Oh yeah, boxing themed, kind of, very lightly and almost specifically Mike Tyson uh-huh. themed because of like the six pieces of boxing paraphernalia. I would say. Three or four of them are Mike Tyson. One is a poster for Rocky Two, uh, so not real boxers, uh-huh. <laughs> of course. Rocky and Apollo Creed, uh, but so much Mike Tyson stuff to the point of having like an what looked like an authentic, like fight worn Mike Tyson robe. You think that was an Iron a real Mike one? robe? it was real it i mean i don't see why you would have like a replica of that but i guess you know i mean boxers don't do that many matches there's Listen, probably only 35 of those his name was iron mike uh-huh. why didn't he wear an iron robe it looked like cloth to me i was gonna say it looked pretty wrinkled to me he ought to <laughs> have taken a cue from oh, his name good. yeah hey, yours is better, better even <laughs> <laughs> yeah a lot of mike tyson stuff uh no ears on the menu though. oh wow again i remind you we're not hacks uh-huh uh-huh <laughs> i was definitely gonna try to fit that in dan <laughs> some sort of ear thing okay let's get into the food let's start with the sides i tried some beans Mm-hmm. Some beans. Totally, I didn't get any of those beans. Totally fine barbecue beans. A little sweet, a little peppery. Not bad at all, but not a standout. I would pit say beans. Pit beans. These pit beans. Mm-hmm. Maybe had some meat in there too. Um, 
This is probably the only thing on this menu that I'm not going to rave about, Dan. Oh, really? Not to spoil my reaction to everything else that I tried. They were totally fine. What was the side that you tried? I had, Andy, the cold. You had me? I had a nice slab of Andy. Uh, little did you know that whenever they removed that tumor from your neck, it got sold to Pat Duran <laughs> to serve in his barbecue restaurant. So small. It's such yeah. a small little tumor. I know. And and the portion was very small, but I gotta say, Andy, pretty tasty. They never let me see it. I really wanted to see oh, it. Oh man, that's and a I didn't get to see it. I wonder where it goes. Just like to the tumor suppository, obviously. <laughs> yeah, yeah, to a big farm to live uh-huh. with all the other tumors. <laughs> <laughs> they turned it into glue. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Andy, this coleslaw, and you had a bite of it, so you can get into this as well. This was really good. Mm-hmm. A very acidic coleslaw. Absolutely. Uh, definitely, I think, had some apple cider vinegar in there. Maybe a little. Then this was very apple Yes. Yeah. There might even have been some actual apple in sure. there. Definitely could have been some actual apple in there. And just, I mean, clearly, like, hand-cut cabbage mix-ins, not from just, like, a dull bag. Uh, really, really good. I I, uh, I liked the coleslaw on its own. I liked it even better as a part of my sandwich because I do like to put a little slaw mm. on my sandwich here and there, Carolina style. Uh, yeah, I really I really enjoyed the coleslaw. Good, great, great side option. Yeah, uh, I think uh, we both also ordered barbecue cheese fries. It sounds like something we would both Ooh. order. Very thin fries. Mm. I would say you can, could compare the thickness to a McDonald's fry, but they were maybe even longer and softer than McDonald's fries. Ooh, I would say the thickness of a steak and shake fry. Oh, Andy. nice. I, th- I think better, you're yeah. overestimating there. Y- you're right. Uh, shoestring, mm-hmm. definitely, by, by, uh, by definition. Mm-hmm. Heavily seasoned with salt and rosemary. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there was some other kind of seasoning in there, but rosemary was the primary, primary seasoning. Now, they have rosemary fries... I'm not sure if this these are the rosemary fries or some completely different seasoning. They are you. They are, and I will not get to my uh, reasoning for believing that until about an hour from now. So, Andy, I commented on this whenever we ate lunch together. There, I thought that they tasted like Andy Caps hot fries, which you don't know what those are. No, which to me, and I'm sure the whist listeners. Is insane. I don't eat a lot of frozen. I eat almost no frozen food, actually. Okay. Well, that's good because yeah. these are not frozen okay. treats. Uh, they're, of course, in the chip aisle, Andy. Most oh. commonly found at uh, your gas stations. I ain't been down a chip aisle in years. This Andy Caps hot fries are just a... Uh, they're like a childhood sense memory for me. Like the, it's, a, it's a bag of chips, but they're shaped as fries, Andy. So you pull out these little fries from the chip bag, but they got chip type crunch and then they got this hot seasoning on them. These I felt did not replicate the texture of Andy Cap's hot fries, obviously, but the texture of some lovely fries with that great Andy Cap seasoning oh. along with a spoonful of sugar, Andy, because they were a little, a little sweet. sweeter. Really, really fantastic seasoning on these. They also had an, like a very th- mine had a very thin layer of like gooey queso style white cheese because you ordered yours to go. Yours cheese was on the side. Mm-hmm. Mine was on it, and the cheese was very thin but also dense. Yeah. Oh, these were awesome. Yeah, the, the cheese in the cup. It definitely whenever you sunk it in there, like you would get some dripping off, but. 
almost and almost had a pull to it whenever yeah. you to, like took your fry out of the cheese. A very great white queso cheese. I was kind of astounded just how good those fries were. Mm-hmm. We've tried a lot of fries for the show, and at this point, you know, I'm not that surprised by stuff anymore. And these were awesome. Mm-hmm. These were so good. They had such a unique flavor, at least as far as what I've experienced oh, at restaurants around town. I was thrilled. I'm, I'm so excited these fries exist, and I already can't wait to go back to Hard Knocks and try them again. I would say absolutely the most unique fries mm-hmm. in town, even beyond, like, your smoked fries at a... Uh, I would Black exclude sheep. like extremely loaded fries, like stuff like Scully's sure. kimchi fries and a couple other places yeah. do stuff like that. This is a different type of preparation. Mm-hmm. This is just fries and cheese. And it, they're, they're an awesome version of fries and cheese. Yeah, really, really good. I was expecting some barbecue sauce on them, honestly, because mm-hmm. they're called barbecue cheese fries. But, uh, you know, apply a barbecue sauce at your own will, which yeah. I did. And yeah. it was good. They got three different sauces, Dan. They sure Original, do, spicy and tangy. Uh, I think that the original and the spicy tasted very similar. Mm-hmm. I think there was probably just like some added, uh, you know, hot, some kind of hot seasoning added to the original to make uh-huh. the spicy. But that tangy was Much a different. lot different, and I really loved it. I thought that tangy sauce was awesome. Also had a little bit of an apple cider vinegar mm-hmm. bite to it. Uh, For sure. I, I think the tangy was probably my favorite as oh, well. Yeah. Ma- maybe the spicy. I, I do like a spicy barbecue sauce. I uh, finished up some of my leftovers with that tangy sauce just this morning, wow, Dan. Wow, Andy. Mm. So tasty. I love to hear that. Oh, well, then I'll tell you every time I do it from here on out. I'll text you pics. Please do. <laughs> so let's get into what we ordered. I'm going to start, and then you can go in the middle, and then I'll mm-hmm. finish it out. Mm-hmm. Because uh, I, I ate a little bit more than you did, You got then. a little more than me. <laughs> I ordered the featherweight combo, which is three meats with two sides. I already talked about my sides. The chicken thigh chopped brisket and pork ribs were my three meat choices i'm gonna start with that chicken thigh dan featherweight is that the tiniest of the that's the lightest of the weights in boxing right no i it well maybe it is but that wasn't the one that had there was another one lower than this that had two welterweight is welterweight lighter than i don't i I only like boxing movies and i don't like actual Mm. boxing yeah chicken thigh Smoked, boneless, with the skin on, charred fully black on the outer layer. Laid out on the plate long ways and cut latitudinally into thick cylindrical slices with the charred skin on the outside. I've been looking at meat maps. Been looking at meat maps, Dan. For anyone who didn't understand what Andy just said, uh, they were like chicken chips. (laughs) Like thick little chicken chips. I don't know what a chicken chip (laughs) is. I'm trying to be as descriptive. And as visual as possible it was in my a chip language. Cut, but, but, you know, made of chicken. <sighs> Regardless <laughs> how you want to describe it, the, the slices were like the optimal size for dipping into the barbecue sauce containers. The outer layer of the slices, I don't think they could have been any better. The texture had a little crispness that contrasted wonderfully with the meat. The outer layer was the skin, Dan. Uh, whatever seasoning blend coated the skin was so flavorful like a real earthiness and woodiness to it. Like no heat, but a little bit of zip and zest to it. So much flavor. Wow, zip and zest. Both. For sure. Zippy and zesty. Uh-huh. <laughs> but the, the seasoning was used sparingly enough that the primary taste was still the thigh meat. And the meat was so juicy, dude. Juicy, but not dripping. Noticeably fatty, but not extremely fatty. Like a real smooth texture that chewed up with almost no effort. This is just perfectly cooked chicken. Wow. Loved this chicken, Dan. Why don't you tell me what you got? Andy, I went for the burnt-in sandwich, mm. as our listeners probably already know, because they keep 
you know, steadfast track of my eating habits. Yeah. I'm a big sandwich boy, uh, especially whenever it comes to a barbecue place. I'll usually go for the sandwich over the combo plate. Uh, and I just had to try those burnt ends, Andy, because anytime I see burnt ends on a menu, they're always sold out. Mm-hmm. They're not available or something. It's like, the freaking MSM is trying to keep <laughs> the burnt ends from me, Andy. That's what I think. It's I have a lot of views like the that. The media is trying to keep you from eating yes. burnt ends. Yeah, sorry. The lamestream media. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't say main. Oh, Andy. These were pretty good burnt ends, Andy. It's been a long sure time since good. I've had burnt ends. Probably the last time was like at a Gates barbecue in you know, Kansas City. I mean, you probably... It's it's not been a long time since you burnt your ends when you sat no. on a, sat on a candle last weekend. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes, that was the last time I burnt my ends. The time <laughs> after that was whenever I had these burnt ends. Uh-huh. You got a white, maybe potato bun, maybe. You got not one, not two, not three. Uh huh. Not even four, Andy. Oh. But five burnt ends wow. on that bun. I mean, that sounds like a pretty normal number to have on a sandwich. Uh-huh. <laughs> and that's all. That, that's, that's the full sandwich. That's a sandwich. Uh, yeah, it was just burnt ends on a bun. Uh, not a whole lot going on here, obviously. But, you know, it was as described and pretty much lives and dies by the taste of those burnt ends. But I'm happy to report, Andy, they were real tasty. Uh, not quite pr- traditional burnt ends, I don't think, as you kind of pointed out, uh, while they do have the very crispy corner piece on each of them, it felt like there was maybe a little bit more of like the roast intact. Uh-huh. So as you get a little of the, uh, real moist, nice roast meat there with it as well. I mean, they were brisket. Sure. Brisket burnt ends. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you get some of the pieces of brisket in there, mm-hmm. but they, I don't know. They had like a tenderness, like a roast. I, th- I think of uh, a dryness comes to mind sure. sometimes whenever I think burnt ends or brisket gotcha. in general. I get what you mean. But, but it was it was nice and moist. And uh, whenever I ladled some of that barbecue sauce over it, boy, it was a tasty, smoky barbecue treat. Andy. Uh-huh. I really like the burnt in sandwich here. I really like the burnt ends in general. But we'll get into that a little more later. <laughs> the reason I brought up the brisket is because that's one of my other meat choices, Dan. And I think that your burnt ends looked a whole lot my, like my brisket. And when I tried some burnt ends later, which we'll get into sure. later, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, I was like, this is definitely just the brisket. Oh. Just like the, you know, with a little bit heavy on the char side of things. Are you saying I've been swindled, Andy? No, not at all. I'm saying that some places do actual burnt ends and some people surveys like we'll just cut the end out the br- off, off a brisket. Duran swindled me. No, he didn't. And he's definitely going to hear this. Oh, this is a dude who reads his own press and also and probably listens to it. He has our phone number and name and the time <laughs> that we visited the restaurants. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> because they are taking yeah. very steadfast like COVID-19 Absolutely. precautions, even with their uh, locations open for seating. Uh, they're taking like the name and number of anybody who sits and the time that way in the event that something does happen, they can get out there and inform them. Absolutely. Cool. It's really cool. And when I was doing the research, um, Padran's a very public person. He, has mm-hmm. a, he does a lot of public posts on Facebook and he had asked, he just put out a general call for advice on what he should do for reopening. It was like, very actively engaged with people. And he was even like, I, he was like, don't 
say anything political. I just want sure. to, I'm just looking for information on how I should go about reopening the business and what would be the best way to do that to keep my employees and the public safe, which I thought was incredibly yeah. respectable and respectful of the people that work there. And for every visit to one of his restaurants that I had, it definitely seemed that way. It's like yeah. they run on pretty tight ship, as, mm-hmm. especially as far as that stuff goes. So, uh, I got the chopped brisket. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I was, of course, swindled by the uh, burnt ends. You got the chopped brisket. Same thing, just as good yeah, as I, you're saying. I feel like I'm going to be repeating a lot of what I said about the chicken, really. I, I got this chopped, so it had been cut into chunks. They were somewhat cubic in nature, and many of them had that layer of thick char on one or two sides, uh, almost resembling those burnt ends, because the burnt ends were brisket. <laughs> <laughs> the, this brisket was so tender and juicy and had so much flavor. It's like this great balance between the seasoning, the smoke, and the natural flavor of the meat. The texture was closer to what you might expect from pulled pork, like stringing and moist oh, sure. on the inside and like very charred and crispy on the outside. It was awesome. Just awesome brisket. I'm not even like a huge stuff myself with red meat person. Ooh. And I just, I love this. So good. I also tried pork ribs. Ribs are always a risk, Dan. Uh-huh. It just depends on whatever the supplier has supplied that day. Oh, Man. yeah. I've had some bad ribs for the uh-huh. show. For sure. First off, I got to hand it to this place for the fact that the serving size was four ribs. Uh-huh. So many times when I've tried ribs for the show, I get like two ribs for $7 or something like that. Not here. Uh, once again, crazy flavorful char on the outside. Juicy, perfectly cooked meat on the inside. The meat actually fell off the bone. Wow. It was so tender. Did not even have to you know, be like a primal animal and bite that meat off that bone just fell off. The balance of the meat and the fat was so good. Um, the ribs are so hit or miss. You, you, you often just get mouthfuls of fat. Like that's the big problem Mm -hmm. with ribs. Sometimes these were ideal. There was fat spread around, but you didn't ever get a big hudge in your mouth. I remember my pappy's ribs were maybe Mm -hmm. the fattiest thing I've ever eaten in my life. So just definitely more fat than meat on those. And Mm -hmm. uh, you let me try some of your ribs and not a speck of the stuff. Fantastic. All had melted off and become delicious flavor on those ribs. Just so good. Barbecue is not my favorite type of food. There's a ceiling for it for me. And Hard Knocks Barbecue absolutely hit that ceiling. Is there anything else we need to talk about? Um, We're just going to rate it. Yeah, I don't think so. You know, unfortunately, I didn't get to go here twice because of the uh, whole three-meal ordeal. I decided that one meal at each of these places would be enough. Uh, How many Durans... Out of five, would you rate it, Dan? Oh, Zero to five Durands. So at the end of this, I'm assuming we're going to have a collective 15 Durands that we will be rating Pat Duran the man out of. No, I don't say it. We're just rating the (laughs) restaurants. I don't know. I I think at the end, we should give him him a rating as a man. Maybe we should talk about how hot his staffs are. (laughs) Oh, God. Which is a callback to something in previous episodes, just so Pat Duran, since you are listening for sure, so you know, we're not actually rating how hot your staff is. Yeah, Pat, go back and listen to our our slate of December episodes, uh, dubbed Dan Simber, where we, of course... uh, Reviewed all the restaurants that say, I wanted to. When we were there, there were what, three or four people working? Uh-huh. We went there for lunch on a Monday or Tuesday. Uh-huh. Pat was one of them, and he was hustling. Absolutely. This yeah. is a dude who's been working for 20 years, was just behind the counter cutting the meat, serving customers. Absolutely would not have expected no. them to be back there uh-huh. in a very much like a line cook mm-hmm. position, like not not delegating. I mean, maybe delegating in and his own way, but doing the work. We saw him again at another restaurant, which we'll get to later. We sure <laughs> did, Andy. <laughs> Out of five Durans, what would I rate Hard Knocks Barbecue? Andy, I think I'm going to have to go 
with the uh, slight asterisks of I would like to have some uh-huh. more of it, I think I'm going to go 4.5 because oh, I wow. really, really enjoyed this. I feel like I probably gave Crosstown a 5. I think Crosstown is still better and still the best barbecue in town. Uh, so, yeah, 4.5 I think is reasonable. I think those are two different types of barbecue. Sure. I think you kind of got your messy, and I mean this in a good way, messy, sloppy barbecue in Crosstown, like a very mm-hmm. traditional sort of cheap style. And Crosstown's the five in town for that type. Then you got your fancier barbecue. You're like artisanal smoked meats. And we might have reviewed another place like that mm-hmm. fairly recently that I would very much put hard knocks above. Five stars. Five Durands for Well, that for last hard place that barbecue. we ordered, of course, not a barbecue restaurant, more oh, of a smokehouse. smokehouse. So yeah. uh, not, not even the same league. Sure. Just uh, days I, and nights apart. I loved this, Dan. I was really so... Good pleasantly surprised at how awesome Hard Knocks Barbecue was. Can't wait to go back. We'll definitely go back and get those fries. Probably going to get those uh, burnt-in briskets. Ooh, <laughs> I could go back right now, Andy. Uh, should we? Let's end the podcast <laughs> all together. Yeah, done. And just go get some Hard Knocks Barbecue. And Andy, um, actually, now that we've gotten to the end of our review here, uh, I've I've got a voicemail from oh. uh, one of our past guests here who uh, wanted to put in some of their thoughts cool. on Hard Knocks Barbecue. So uh, here we have it. Uh, our first voicemail from, of course, Christian Slater and Jack Nicholson. Oh, cool. Hey, guys, it's me, Christian Slater. Uh, just wanted to call in, say I'm real proud of you guys from getting for getting to episode 100. Uh, really love the stuff. Kind of wish I was featured on it more. Uh, you know, of course I was. I was in the in the first in the first year. Maybe maybe a little more of a featured guest for y'all. But uh, just wanted to say I'm very happy with what you're doing here and. Uh, Five stars for a hard. This is actually barbecue. Andy. We're hanging out right now. Um, oh, this is in the past. Yeah, of course. Um. I thought you didn't want to come back on the show. Uh, who said that? Me? Yeah, sure. Well, I mean, I, you know, a broken arrow is twice, right, twice a day. <laughs> That's good. Hey, Jack, did you you want to chime in? Yeah, I of course am, Jack Nicholson. And I uh, just wanted to tell you boys that I'm real happy with uh, what you've been doing here on Spring Food Mo. It's one of my absolute favorite podcasts. Uh, I'd say this in like uh, Radio Lab, I'm a big <laughs> fan of as well. And uh, you know, I, I enjoyed a good amount of uh, Hard Knocks Barbecue on the set of uh, the 1989 film Batman with uh, Tim Burton there. And uh, I gotta say, I love, I, I love it. Uh, five whole Durans for that. And uh, uh, but Pat Boy, if I if don't don't be swindling me. <laughs> Don't be swindling me with the uh, with those burnt ins. And uh, you got anything else to say, Christian? Uh, it's Christian Slater here, and uh, uh, you know I I just um, I I love you boys, and uh, that's the end of the voicemail. <laughs> wow, cool! Another exceedingly long voicemail. Weirdly, I don't remember hanging out with them. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that was weird that you. I don't up know in why I butted in. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm happy to know that you're that you're socializing, Andy. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard to pick up the <laughs> yes, phone, you know. Okay, let's get into Great American Taco. Wow, Great American Taco. Oh boy. 
I don't even know where to start with this. It's, and it's not Great American Taco Company. company. It is Great it American is, Taco Great Company. American taco Company. I just Andy. like the abbreviation GAT. I just saw the Great American Taco Gatto. Truck. Oh. Uh, just down the street. Really? From where we're at right now. Doing what? Uh, I don't know. It was in the parking lot of uh, Ampac. There, seemingly for some kind of event or something. I don't know. There was like a tent up and they're, they're serving people out there today. Huh. You know. Down a number of a series of roads from the tower here where right. we're at currently. Uh, I say down the road, but it's a little, you know, a series of uh-huh. roads. We do record in the 16th floor of the Hammonds uh-huh. Tower for uh, new listeners. Uh-huh. So, you know. Absolutely. They were set up on this. They got the truck on the eighth floor somehow. <laughs> 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 All right. Great American Taco Company. Look, wow. I don't think there's anything in- inherently wrong with you know, a Caucasian man opening a taco place. That's not bad. We li- uh, like Mexican villas that way. Team tacos that way. It's like how you do it and what you do with it. You know, you can, the, if you compare the product at team taco versus the product at tacos, El Gordo, there are two totally different things. Mm-hmm. It's like a form. So I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with that. Anything I have to say about this is coming from a place of just not liking the way the food tastes. Sure. <laughs> it's not like an ethical thing for me. Way, way to uh, preface the review, Andy. <laughs> I mean, I tried. I tried with this place. Yep. I really did. And I have a theory as to why I like it so much less than the other place. But we'll, we'll get to it. Yeah. You know, you know, let's start with the sides. And I think by starting with the sides, we'll probably be starting at the bottom and working our, our, our way up to, to things that we maybe liked. Because, uh, you know, let, let's go ahead and get into it. How about that Pico Rice, Andy? Oh, Dan. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's where I can start or not. I have so much to say <laughs> about really? this. Yeah. Um, everything on here has Pico. Yes. I mean, it's, it's on everything. Uh-huh. Can we, can we start with the drinks? <laughs> I'm so sorry. I Andy, just, I did not have a drink, but I would love for you to start okay. with your drink. I got what's called our award-winning Sousa blue house. Marg premium wow. Sousa blue silver tequila, tequila house, citrus, sour mix, triple second, fresh slime. First and only word of my notes, Dan tart. Mm-hmm. With four exclamation points, almost unbearably tart at first. I got used to it though, and kind of came around to it. Wound up enjoying the intense flavor, even though it lacked like the refreshing quality that most margaritas have. Sure. Like the reason you drink a margarita, but it's still pretty good. Just kind of a different thing from a normal margarita. I mean, it was like drinking crushed up sweet tarts, like liquefied sweet tarts. Wow. Okay. Yes, it was that is so tart. tart. How about chips? You get some chips, Andy? I did get some chips. Uh, I had my order to go, picked it up through the drive-thru window there on the Republic location, and I was given a clear bag of chips, mm. a sealed bag of chips. Not surprised about that. Uh, you, still pretty good. I, I actually like the chips a lot. Um, not quite restaurant style in that they have a higher level of crunch. Like They're uh, not very thin yeah. at all. Definitely like white corn tortilla chips. Uh, I liked the chips. My problem was more with the salsa. What did mm. you think of the chips? Very thin, kind of food service bagged chips. I didn't know they were bad because I actually ate there. And and maybe that's just, just their to-go way of doing chips. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I think that they're probably bagged chips. I can't see them making anything fresh at this place. Nothing special about these chips whatsoever. They were fine, yeah. but they're okay. 
Uh, they have several different salsa options. I think three. Um, the one that I chose was the ultimate salsa. Ooh, really? It seemed like the most elaborate. They said it was the spiciest one. I didn't receive that option. Oh, really? Mm-mm. Huh. This tasted like paste picante. Sure. And I, that's a very negative for me. It, you know how you take the lid off a of paste picante and it gets this very distinct smell? It's like very strong, very pungent. Yeah. That, that's what this tasted like. It had a good heat level. I'll give it that. But it tastes, tasted like jar, like a jar of salt, like a bad jar of grocery store salsa. Oh, no, really? Did not care for it. What did you think of your salsa? I was given the option between just either the original or the sweet and spicy. I went sweet and spicy. Uh, I didn't even try the original. Huh. I just, yeah, I, I kind of, I like not, the sweet and spicy. These two places must operate a little differently, though, because we went to different locations. Uh-huh, we did. You, you went, went to, to the, the west side one. I went to the east side yeah, one. Yeah, the east side one. Did you go two times? No. Just the once. Went the one time. I I also only went once. uh, Went with the sweet and spicy. I would probably compare it closest to a little chunkier version than like Mexican Villas sweet sauce, which if you're a Springfield listener, you probably know the exact flavor I'm talking about. Uh, which is to say not very spicy. Not not any kind of spice. I really didn't hate this salsa. I was I don't know. I was almost immediately turned off by it, but I revisited it the next day with some of the leftover chips and after it had sat in the fridge and I liked it a lot more, huh. but truly I, I, you know, I, I'm comparing it only to like, say a sweet and spicy salsa from purple burrito, which really hits you with the mm. heat as well as the sweet. And, uh, I, yeah, it didn't, didn't love the salsa, I, you know, it, it grew on me, sure, but, but that was after really pounding a lot of chips into my mouth. I'm really glad you found something to like about it because mm-hmm. I, I certainly did, and I tried. I went to this place with an open mind and really, really wanted to enjoy it. So Pico de Gallo, Dan, wow. means rooster's beak. Oh, it's, really? it's Yes, <laughs> and it's the name for salsa made from thick-cut onions, tomatoes, and peppers, usually big pieces mm-hmm. going into that salsa. Uh, my family usually orders pico de gallo to put into thin, watery salsas to thicken them up and give them more flavor. Oh, sure. Pico de gallo is usually really pretty, like aesthetically appealing, because you get that mix of fresh veggie colors. Uh, pico de gallo is a key ingredient to just about everything served at Great American Taco mm-hmm. Company, and everything they serve looks great. Their presentation is yes. fantastic. Whenever you order a taco, it's like a flat tortilla, and they just have the toppings in the middle. Oh, really? it looks really cool. Yeah, whenever you order at the restaurant, the, the, the soft shell taco. Yes, that's that's right. They do have hard shell tacos there too. Did you not get any hard shell tacos, Andy? No. Okay. I didn't. Well, I went fully hard shell taco. Oh, so we had, we had two totally okay. different experiences here. All right. The first taco I'm going to mention is the one my my mistress tried, which is called the Pico de Chicken Ooh. Taco. Yes, they altered the Spanish phrase and swapped in a different English word. It's like the laziest nomenclature imaginable. There's stuff on the there's other stuff on the menu like that too. Stuff that reads like it was written by, you know, an annoying relative who likes to show off how ignorant they are of other cultures, like it's a badge of honor. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I, well. Just the name Pico de Chicken drives me insane. Why not call it Pico de Pollo, Dan? I'm I'm not saying my aunt is annoying and I won't even say <laughs> the name of my aunt or which aunt this is. Uh, is it the aunt that likes every Facebook post that I make? Oh God. <laughs> surely. Uh, no, probably not. Actually, uh, this aunt loves to use the term El Cheapo whenever oh. talking about like Christmas gifts she got. But uh, it's my it's, friend. <laughs> don't love it. They're uh, <laughs> the cheapest margarita 
at Great American Taco Company. You know what it's called? Is it called El Cheap? Yes, it is. Wow. It absolutely is. Thank you for proving my point. <laughs> that that might unbelievable. Be a, uh, <laughs> That'll be on the greatest greatest hits compilation on episode two hundred. That could be a full half Duran <laughs> mark El that they lost. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can't believe you so effectively proved my point. We did not discuss this <laughs> no, before, folks. Okay. If a person knows what pico means, they're going to know what pollo means is my, my thinking mm-hmm. on this. I know what pollo means, but not pico. <laughs> it's beak, dude. Well, now I know yeah, after okay. you told me today. Right, but. right, right, right. But the point is pico. Okay. If you uh-huh. don't know pico, you might not know pollo. But if you know pico, you're going to know pollo. Sure. Okay, anyway. That, that that's definitely stands. You're right. My current mistress, the person who ordered the small Pico de Chicken Taco, uh-huh. is a highly adventurous eater, one of the least picky people I've ever eaten with. And honestly, I treasure the memory of watching her face change after the first bite of the Pico de Chicken Taco. Now, this was small, so it was a Paquito Pico de Chicken. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Good. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, she started with this... You know, very typical, lovely, easygoing smile. And uh, her face scrunched up, mm-hmm. and she shook her head a little bit and said, it's so sour. <laughs> well, I was literally about to say, like, a baby eating a lemon. Yeah. <laughs> it was seriously like, like watching a little kitty to warhead candy for the first time. <laughs> oh, oh, beautiful. For some reason, my, action was, my reaction wasn't, oh, no, I'm so sorry. But instead, I was like, I was enthusiastic. Go, hey, can I have a bite? <laughs> can I try it? <laughs> and so I took a bite, and uh, she was absolutely right. It was rancid. Whoa. Just disgusting. Whoa. I mean, it, it tasted like, you know, when you have leftovers in the fridge, you're not sure if they've been in there too long to eat sure. or not. And then you take a bite and you instantly know that, yeah, this has been, this has been here too mm-hmm. long. I can't eat this. And you spit it out. Mm-hmm. That is what this taco tasted like. Whoa. Just pure abject horror on a plate. Dan. Now, was this, I also had a chicken taco. Is this just the sh- standard shredded, like white chicken? I'm going to get into this because I, I got a chicken taco for one of mine also. And it, it, the menu also said that that one had the citrus chicken. Sure. But the one I got had almost no chicken on it. So I think the flavor really? mostly came from the chicken because theirs had a lot more chicken on it than mine did. Whoa. Okay. And I think the flavor mostly came from the chicken. Um, I got a couple tacos myself and the three sides that we'll get to. Mm. Do you want to share about one of your tacos? Before Absolutely, I get into the one Andy. I ended up getting three tacos. I went all small for mine because you have the option between small or large on almost all of these tacos. I think there's also an avocado option. I don't know if you got that, no. but from oh, what I've, I've gathered, it, it is just half an avocado. This place, they used to do free, back whenever they were called the uh, Springfield Gourmet Taco Company, Oh, they used to do free tacos for teachers on Tuesdays. And I knew so many teachers who would go and just get their free taco sure. and not get anything else and not tip. Uh-huh. Just horrendous behavior. <laughs> don't, yeah, don't I do didn't do that. I would always get chips and salsa and a drink and, you know, wind up having like a $12 bill even with a tip, which is still great. Sure. But you could get the stuffed avocado taco. Now, they upcharge you like 3 or $4 mm-hmm. to get it that way. Did, you got one of yours that way? I did not. But they, I've just heard of this. It's very cool. They cut an avocado in half, take the outer layer off, and basically build the, the taco on top of that half avocado. Wow. It's really cool. That it's sounds really awesome. Cool. It, I like it way more than their actual tacos. And I, well, I'd already had it, which is why I'm talking about mm-hmm. it on here. So I do like that. It's a different preparation, sure. a different kind of flavor profile altogether. Really enjoyed the stuffed avocado taco that they do here. Well, Andy, the first one I went with was their traditional beef. Mm. Just because I wanted to keep it tradish, Andy, like, like the the great American Taco Company itself, a <laughs> traditional, 
thing. <laughs> Traditional American taco. <laughs> yes. Uh, chili infused ground beef, cheddar, lettuce, and tomatoes. This was in a hard yellow corn shell. Uh-huh. And gotta say, Andy, all of mine came in the same hard yellow corn shell. Really, really liked the shell. No kidding. Lovely okay. shell. Uh, clearly house fried. Maybe not house pressed but definitely fried in house had cool. like a little uh more golden brown color than your typical like uh you know store bought uh shell there really really liked it ton of crunch to it like crunchier even than the chips uh all held together nice i didn't have any tacos falling apart thousand pounds of crunch oh yes yeah and Boy, are my arms tired. <laughs> uh, not your jaw? <laughs> no, no, my jaw's good. Oh, okay. <laughs> I do exercises for that. You know, nothing particularly off-putting, I would say, from the taco. Certainly mm-hmm. not a rancid flavor like you described in your mistress's taco there. Uh, but not a lot of flavor. And one of them, I think... W- the motto for the restaurant is big tacos, big flavor, uh-huh. or at least they have that signage around there. Almost no flavor to yeah. this. Like for a beef taco, almost even devoid of like the flavor of that beef taco uh-huh. grease, which is enough flavor in itself. Uh, now, mine not- was liquidy when I got the beef. Oh, sh- but really? It, it didn't have any flavor still. Mine, to it. mine was not liquidy at all. It was definitely, you know, nice dry ground beef. What but color no- was it? Mine was gray. My beef was gray. I think mine had the standard brown, ground beef color, texture, everything to it. It it just, I'd rather have like a a standard beef taco from from any old place, Uh from La Hacienda, from El Charo, from wherever. Taco Bell. I don't don't know if I would go that far, Mm -hmm. although I I could get three taco bell standard mm. beef tacos for the same oh, price this place is not and cheap. i think that like as i think they probably do have more flavor there's just not the, a lot of flavor here the small tacos are like eight bucks and the big tacos really? are bigger maybe they're 6.99 or something this like that. one was more in like the four dollar range but okay. i think it was just because it is hard the, shell. the straight hard traditional shell. Yeah. hard shell uh yeah i really love the shell i just wish the contents therein had mm. a little more flavor I got a Hawaiian chicken soft taco. Wow. Menu said uh, sweet chili sauce, cabbage, feta, pineapple pico, bacon, cilantro, sour cream. Did not see one bit of bacon on this, by the way. Um, It was fine. Uh, It was actually, it was boring. It was Mm -hmm. very boring. Had like a full measuring cup of very pretty pico de gallo along with some red onion on top. It also had some pineapple with it, but I'm guessing it was like frozen or canned pineapple pineapple because it had none of that like intense pineapple flavor. Mm-hmm. Like pineapple is characterized by a pretty intense and distinct flavor, none of which appeared in this taco. Um, it, it didn't taste any different from the pico de gallo that I had on, you know, literally everything else that sure. we ordered. Uh, this had way less chicken than the other taco, like I mentioned, which is for the best, you know, because it was the same pulled liquidy stewed chicken that had that kind of gross texture barely any flavor uh the one thing that set this taco apart was that it had a little bit of feta cheese on it i like feta feta is good 
it's pungent enough that it's like hard to mitigate the flavor. Yeah, not something I associate with Hawaii. No, necessarily. Um, I did look that up, and I guess there, is, there feta does exist on some Hawaiian sure. dishes, but oh, it's, okay. it is certainly isn't something that I associate with Hawaiian food in my head. Uh, the hints of feta flavor I enjoy, but everything else was so bland. And I found my flour tortilla to be dry and chalky, hmm. which can actually be okay depending on what's inside. But this was uh, just very bland. Almost no pleasure eating it whatsoever. But I didn't. It was an off-putting, like you sure. said earlier. It was okay. Tell me about another one of yours, Andy. Next up, went with the Texas beef. This is chili beef and beans, queso, pepper jack, cheddar cilantro sour cream tomatoes and pickled jalapenos uh-huh. on top there andy beyond the flavor of those pickled jalapenos exact same taste as the traditional beef yeah which is to say not a whole lot um i i was kind of hoping that the pepper jack and queso would maybe uh heat it up a little more i was i was definitely expecting something a little hotter uh-huh. especially because like they really dot the entire top layer with those jalapenos yeah as you can see in the picture on their website uh lovely looking taco really enjoyed that shell again but basically had the same problem as the other one just not a whole lot of flavor mm. and honestly i don't it says it has queso on there i didn't get a strong ca- taste of queso yeah. And it rocks my world considering how good the white cheese sauce is at Hard Knocks I know, Barbecue. I know. It, it's wild to me that it's not the same across I mean, the board. Since we can just get into that now. I mean, this place was designed to be franchised out. Sure. And I think that they must have like a different supply chain set up to they make could. it to where they can source a lot of locations if they were to actually spread to other locations successfully. And I have a feeling that's why this place tastes so much different and the food is such a different quality than the other two restaurants. That that's makes my sense. theory. Yeah, my last taco was a chicken taco and whenever you say pulled and wet, it does not describe the chicken that I had huh. in the slightest. Weird. Definitely so not bizarre. wet. I also got an ultimate beef taco. This is like their end-all be-all taco at sure. this place, Dan. The ultimate one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> ultimate does indeed mm-hmm. mean end. Uh, the, the menu... Said it had green chili sauce, red chili sauce, melted white cheddar, lettuce, cilantro, sour cream, and pico. Ah, pico mind blower that they put pico mm-hmm. on this. And that all appeared to be true, but the only thing I could taste was sour cream. Just big old mouthfuls of sour cream layered over a tiny amount of beef. So little beef on this, Dan. Almost none. I, I didn't would, have that problem in any of mine. I like would say less than a centimeter wow. worth of beef on the bottom layer of this taco. Really? Band. So, so little beef. Um, I separated some of the beef from the taco just to get a taste and uh, not very beefy. I mean, it was liquidy in the same way that my chicken was, but the liquid wasn't tasty grease. It was like it was water. It's like wateries, wateries. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, yeah. It was like whenever you cook meat in a crock pot, you know, because you got to keep some liquid. You got to uh-huh. keep putting some liquid or some sure. broth in there to keep it from drying out. It was like that. It was basically basically flavorless and had a pretty gross texture, kind of like Taco Bell meat. Only I much prefer Taco Bell meat because it tastes way better. It has actual flavor. And um, Taco Bell costs way less than $7 per taco, mm-hmm. too. Like we said, you could probably get like three or four Taco Bell tacos for the price of this one. I wonder how much textured vegetable protein they're cutting into their beef at Great American Taco Company. Uh, I mean, that's 
that's yeah. something that fast food places or other places do to, to save money on beef. Sure, and I, you know, I don't even necessarily mind that. I actually no, I don't mind it either. Whenever we good. make tacos at home, we have switched entirely over to like just meatless tacos because uh-huh. for tacos, uh, that you know that grease that beef grease definitely adds something and adds a lot, but you should be able to achieve the taco flavor from uh-huh. cumin and other spices Definitely. like taco spices. So uh, you, you can also achieve a good amount of grease from those same spices sure. if you if cook correctly. So I, I don't see anything wrong with cutting in, you know, some plant based no, no, no. stuff, but uh, I there's no flavor. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, very bland. You got one more. I got one more, Andy. And you this got one, one more. I got one. Another one. Another one. Another one. Another one. One more. One additional taco. Another one. Andy, uh-huh. I went with the grilled chicken bacon ranch. CBR. GCBR. Mm. And I don't know if there's a fried chicken bacon ranch. The picture I think of, the one that I ordered, showed little fried chicken uh-huh. tenders, although it was described as grilled. So I... I was expecting something more from more akin to what the picture showed, but definitely received grilled chicken. Uh, this was grilled citrus chicken, bacon, mozzarella, ranch, and lettuce. Definitely had bacon on there. Had a, had a good smattering of bacon crumbles. Uh, the chicken was not wet, as you described. It was more, I would say, closer to like a ground chicken. Uh-huh. In that it was not that it was cooked ground, but it was uh, at one point a cooked chicken breast and then ground rather than pulled into strings, which I don't hate. I kind of like that in a chicken taco, really. Uh-huh. But this, once again, the chicken at least had no flavor. Uh, it tasted like some bacon bits and ranch. Uh I don't know why mozzarella is the cheese that goes on this either. Who knows? Considering mozzarella is not like a very flavorful cheese. I see it more as a cheese meant for melting, but uh-huh. this was not like a, you know, hot taco is a, is a yeah. crunchy shelled taco. It's a, a not melted. This was perfectly fine. I just kind of went for it as like a left field thing. You know, so chicken bacon ranch taco sure. sounds like something you could get it taco bell and i almost guarantee it would be to better results uh yeah i I was hoping that maybe going for something goofier wilder than just a traditional taco would uh would yield better results but yeah just really tasted like Mm -hmm. the thin ranch sauce on there and man i wish i could buy these shells just un untacoed i mean <laughs> I you probably I could I, have the shells i guarantee they're not making them there dan i'm sure you can get them on at a store <sighs> they're good they're wherever <laughs> they're getting them they're they're tasty shells i tried all three sides they offer pico beans pico rice and street wow. corn or rather a sorry excuse for street corn that only resembled actual street corn insofar as much as it did in fact feature corn in a bowl uh-huh. but it was unseasoned barely cooked white corn kernels with some cilantro on top had basically no flavor except the cilantro. It was totally pointless. Pointless. They shouldn't mm-hmm. call this street corn. It's not. There was no mayonnaise. And no cheese, no mayonnaise on there. I agree. No cheese, no mayonnaise. I did have a little bit of like brown to black char where you, oh, where I could see I that the corn had been cooked. Uh, but I totally agree with you, Andy. This was 
devoid of flavor. Had no flavor at all. So bad. I mixed it in with my salsa, uh-huh. thinking that that would be a better way to consume it because it wasn't very good, just like spoon-fed to me. Mm-hmm. And I do have all my meals spoon-fed to me by my lovely girlfriend, uh, Shredder, Shredder from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Pat, that's what we call my girlfriend, longtime <laughs> partner of mine, uh, about six years now, over six years now, I've been dating her, and we've gone through a series of nicknames for her. Currently, we're settled on Shredder from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It's a dumb, long nickname, but I don't want to think and that. And Pat, I'm... let me explain my relationship <laughs> history. <laughs> If you go back, <laughs> please check out no. the, the Valentine's Day episode from a that. couple years ago. I mean, you can, but whatever uh i like having a series of mistresses <laughs> <laughs> but yeah Andy, I, I uh like i was saying i put this in the salsa and i would say it ruined the salsa i thankfully they gave me more than one cup because i had to discard the one that i put the street corn in because it made it less flavorful uh-huh uh-huh. I, I, I did not like <laughs> the street corn. Oh boy, how about that Sam pico rice, Dan? Oh boy, Andy. Basically, exactly as advertised, some bland rice with some bland pico de gallo on top. Mm-hmm. I don't think we've mentioned that the pico de gallo has no flavor, despite being pico really de gallo. Didn't. And like, it's frozen. They're frozen. They have to be frozen vegetables. I, the way it appears, it it's not like a bad looking they pico look de gallo. Great. It's got bright color to it. I saw some like chunks of jalapeno in there that. I assumed whenever I ate them would really light me up because it had like the bright green pop Uh of a very fresh cut jalapeno and Andy, the pico rice did not have any flavor. I I wish I had a a synonym phrase for no flavor because that's what I've been saying so much. But yes, I would say that it was bland and it was wet and it was (sighs) wet. Yeah, my, my rice was a little wet. Oh, interesting. Yeah. My I wouldn't call mine wet. At least it didn't have... It wasn't wet rice, so I had that going for it. <laughs> uh, the beans, I would say, are slightly more interesting because there were two, two or three different types of beans in there with wow. the pico de gallo on top. I do like it when places serve beans without any liquids. Mm-hmm. My, you know, there's no liquid in these beans. They're all... They're, I'm not saying they're dry, uncooked beans, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but they're cooked beans that have been drained of whatever broth or juice they were cooked in. These are okay. Um, I would have preferred some more flavor or seasoning, but I thought those were fine. Uh, I do because I like beans. I'm a bean boy. Mm-hmm. You know who makes good pico? Who? That guy with the tall haircut from the uh, the Street Fighter franchise. Blanca? No. Um, oh, what was it called? Pico de Guile. <laughs> I threw my microphone down. <laughs> That's the peak. Let's let's just skip the other review. It's not going to get any better. How many Durans would you give Great American Taco Company, Dan? Andy, I want to go pretty low on this mm-hmm. one. I don't know how low because I usually come up with my ratings right here in the moment. Uh-huh. Uh, we've never discussed this before. Do you write down your ratings? I think about before? them, but I don't know. I don't ever settle until we have the conversation. Sure. I feel like as we're talking is when I'm the most thoughtful about it. I totally agree. I am going to go two Durans. Two Durans. Uh, two Durans. Um, a... I simply because I really did like those hard shell on the corn tortillas and um, two Durans. If uh, Pat would like that score to go up, I accept Cougarans. 
Okay. Gold ones. Yeah. <laughs> wow, Dan. I'm trying to think if I liked anything. I guess I kind of liked the beans and I kind of liked the margarita, although it didn't, it wasn't refreshing in the way a margarita mm-hmm. usually is or is kind of intended to be whenever you order one. Oh, boy. I think I'm going wonder in. I wow. experienced minimal pleasure eating at this place. Yeah. And I really tried. I really tried. You know, I'd I'd had it before a couple times, and I really did enjoy the the stuffed avocado tacos they used to have back when it's Springfield Gourmet Taco Company. And I've also had it take out a couple times. I had some friends that like to go grab it for gatherings and stuff, but I didn't think it was great then, but I sort of chalked it up to having been on a table or in a bag sure. for an hour. And now it turns out when they bring it to your table, it tastes exactly the same. Yeah. Just lukewarm and bland and no pleasure. The Republic location is pretty close to my work, about equidistant to a Taco Bell mm-hmm. from my work. Probably pro- probably just going to stick to Taco Bell as far as yeah. it goes. And I don't think that that's too far off of a comparison. I mean, price-wise, obviously, this is way more. But I would say it is like the fancy version of a Taco Bell and unfortunately, that is antithetical to Taco yes. Bell because yeah. it's so good because it's not fancy. Nothing against anybody who likes this place. It's very popular. People seem to really mm-hmm. like it. It's enough to sustain two locations in town. Happy for people that enjoy it. Very much not for me. Mm-hmm. I just need a little bit more flavor in my food. You know, maybe I burned out my taste buds or something eating all that spicy food. I'm going to go ahead and say I do have something against people who <laughs> like this place, and I will throw hands at you. <laughs> Cowboy, great American cowboy, big high boots, Stetson hat, and a leather vest. Cowboy, great American. Oh boy, Dan, should we play a clip from an old episode now? Oh yeah, absolutely, Andy. Uh, you know, <laughs> we were trying to plan some stuff out for our final episode. We had a lot of grand plans, but with the state of the world in the last few months, we we decided that rather than write a bunch of stuff and come up with a bunch of stupid bits and have characters <laughs> on the show that we would just play back some of our favorite moments from the show. So uh, that's what we're doing right now. I'm sure that we'll get into some more of them after our final review uh-huh. here. But just to chop it up a little bit, why don't, why don't we get into one of those uh, clips uh, voted on by, of course, you and I. The only people who have any kind of authority uh-huh. here at the podcast. <laughs> Let's play our clip from uh, from when we went to Snorkies. Oh yeah, yeah. Th- no, that was a great episode. Uh-huh. Let's go back and play that one. Well, that about wraps up our review of uh, Snorkies Submersible Sweets, one of Springfield's first subaqueous cotton candy cubby holes. Uh, I think we can both agree it was actually pretty good, even if they haven't quite nailed how to maintain that soft and sticky cotton candy texture underwater. Yeah, I also think Snorkies is a little overpriced for what it is, since you have to get the Wonders of Wildlife ticket and also do their Swimming with Sharks program to actually get into the aquarium to visit Snorkies. All told, it takes about... $80 to even get near Snorkies. I'm not sure I ever would have made it there if they hadn't let us in for free since we're very famous local podcasters. Wait, wait, you you got to go for free? Yeah, I I paid the $80. What? $30 for admission to the aquarium and the other 50 to to do the swimming with the sharks. You wouldn't even let me put the cotton candy on the company card. Well, I mean, that's for non-cotton candy foods that's not a rule that we made who 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 did you talk to to get in for free oh i mean 
obviously, I talked to Johnny Morris since he's been on the show a few times. Oh, yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. I, I should have thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> this coming January, Snorky's Submersible Suites is opening a second location in the deep end at the uh, Grant Beach Pool. <laughs> such, <laughs> wow. Such a good episode. What a, what a great episode that all of our <laughs> listeners surely remember and hold dear in their yeah, hearts. I think that was from uh, March of 2019, somewhere around there, when um, Snorky's opened. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I wonder if they're still there. I haven't been to Wonders Wildlife since then. I, nor have I. Um, I'm sure that they're doing fine, though. Wet cotton candy. Who'd mm-hmm. have known? They got the market cornered on that. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Should we move on to uh, Metropolitan Grill, Dan? Oh, Andy. <laughs> I guess we ought to. That seemed fully exasperated. <laughs> <I'd>, um, <laughs> call me Exasper. <laughs> Exasper the friendly <laughs> <Yes>. host? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Metropolitan Grill. Wow. First things first, I'm the realist. Um, interesting vibe in there. Mm-hmm. It, they did have mannequins set up in certain tables, they which did. was pretty fun. Yes. We got seated by the mannequins. We did get seated by some headless mannequins. Mm-hmm. Uh, gotta say, I kind of like that. Uh, yeah. You know, it keeps you nice and socially distanced from everybody. It was fun. It was fun. Uh, I would say even with the mannequins included, we were the worst dressed people in there. Absolutely. Uh, Specifically you. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think I wore shirts and a V-neck t-shirt. Shirts and a V-neck. Shorts and a V-neck (laughs) t-shirt. Andy wore a shirt for pants, Uh uh, which was the first problem. (laughs) And uh, I would say as far as arriving there, we also definitely had the uh, least expensive cars oh, in, in the parking lot. Uh, I did a count of cars in the parking lot. I would say there were at least three BMWs, a handful of Infinities. This is a big place you go if you drive a big old white truck, uh, a truck maybe too big to even uh, park in a parking space. Yes. Uh, I, so I had you make a your own. big white truck count, Andy, of six Six wow. huge F-150 and up size trucks. Just ridiculous. I was thinking about that after you pointed uh-huh. it out. And I think it's the, the white is telling in the bigness of these trucks. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Not a scratch on any of these. Mm-hmm. Neither no, of these no dirt have on them. done any hauling <laughs> no. of any kind. No, no functions. These are not like functional vehicles. Uh-huh. This is the kind of truck that you get when you need people to know that you can afford it. Yes, absolutely. Um, it, it is a, you know, pardon my French here, a big off truck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, lot, lot of those in the parking lot. Also, as you alluded to, um, it, you know, this is it's got to be the most expensive restaurant in town and any place you go that is frequented by people with some modicum of wealth. You're going to find a common thing uh, that I've observed, and that is the making of your own parking spot uh-huh. where where there are not lines for one. It's often uh, on the, you know, if you, if you have like a few parking spaces and then like a median divider there with some grass or a tree or something, it's usually on the other side of that. Where uh-huh. there's no marked parking, uh, not so much as to like close off traffic entirely. Uh, just although, makes it real tough. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. real tough. You, you know, when you park but, your big uh, giant truck there. Let's face it: if you got a truck like that, everyone else is 
experience is less important than uh-huh. yours. Oh, yeah, definitely. So. Uh, me and my little maroon Pontiac G5, uh, I definitely felt squandered by the other cars in the parking lot, and uh, rightfully so. That's what they're there for. I had the uh, second gnarliest looking car in the lot uh-huh, for sure. Yes. It's a, just slightly less gnarly I mean, than mine. Mine is a 10 year old blue Prius that I bought dented mm-hmm. because it was cheaper and have just not fixed the dent and have even added a couple of my own. I bought my car undented <laughs> and maybe had a had a giant dent in it within a week. Wow. Still don't know how it got there. I think one of my neighbors just like hit it with their door or mm-hmm. something. But, uh, you know, it didn't pretty much appeared there whenever yeah. my... Uh, poor self <laughs> appeared in the car. I can only assume there was probably big white trucks that made those uh-huh. dents. Yeah, Actually, absolutely. That's not true. My, both of both of my additional dents happened at school, and I also don't know wh- when or who sure. did it or how they happened. Sure. Probably just <laughs> anyway, begrudging teachers. This is all to... Yeah. The other <laughs> teachers are just so resentful of how much better a teacher I am than they are. <laughs> I'm sure they are. I could not be further from the truth. I'm pretty sure they think I'm like a weirdo. <laughs> He doesn't get it. Yeah, I think they might be <laughs> They're right. They're not wrong, yeah. <laughs> um, this is all to say that we didn't fit in no. at this restaurant. No, we did not. But I I felt a few stares uh, from some of the older uh-huh. clientele. I know that the only story I've ever it's heard... It's mostly because we were holding hands and kissing. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that was a big problem. <laughs> not to imply that this place is homophobic in any way. Uh, we weren't doing that. I mean, whatever. I'm just being stupid. <laughs> Andy, the only just kissing on the cheeks. Yeah, yes, just <laughs> still holding hands, but just kissing on the che- cheeks. Very European of us. The only story that I have of Metropolitan Grill, I had never been in there myself, but my oldest brother Zach, um, I know, has visited uh-huh. there a number of times, and I know that. What's Zach drive? <laughs> He, he, he drives a, a pretty nice white Kia, actually, oh, probably friend. still on the lower end of what you would find in that parking lot there. He told me that he went there probably over a decade back with a group of his friends. And uh, Zach's sort of a jeans and T-shirt fellow. Uh-huh. Uh, most of his T-shirts about a decade old, I would say. Uh, j- truly has Deftones T-shirts from his high yeah, school years. Uh, they are very cool. His his cool red Minerva shirt. Uh but yeah, I think he went in there dressed something like that and uh, w- was pretty embarrassed. This is the type of place where uh, you hang up your coat on your way, uh-huh. in, your, your your suit jacket. And uh, Andy and I didn't have any suit jackets. No, we, we did had, not. We had to go break into the men's warehouse. I was a little nervous about... Nah, not really. I didn't care that much. But I had definitely been thinking about what I should wear, if it would matter mm-hmm. what I wore. But it is also Springfield. Sure. And that you can go to the nicest places and just see people wearing cut off jeans. Very and an true. Yeah. And there were people that were dressed very nicely there. Mm-hmm. But Pat Duran was there sitting at a table with other people mm-hmm. and he was wearing a uh, cargo pants and a t shirt. Yeah. So this is one. I just uh, didn't care what I was wearing the instant I saw that. Yeah. So good for and that. Truly. Team. I mean, we were, I mean, I wouldn't say we were discriminated no. against at all. No, and not, the, not the even a little bit. The staff was. More than lovely. Oh, Very, so kind. Such great staff at all of these locations. Um, Almost kind of felt like she enjoyed having a couple guys like you and me in there. <laughs> <laughs> a couple cool dudes. <laughs> Maybe. I just probably closer to our server's age yeah. than the uh, typical mm-hmm. fare That's kind of what I yeah. mean. Yeah. We were, we're definitely not the normal clientele. Mm-mm. And just about any way imaginable. I mean, we're white. 
That's, yes, that's and about the we one were thing. Certainly dropping dollars. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, it is the most expensive meal that uh, we have had for the show. Oh yeah, yeah and definitely. the next closest one was three people. Yeah, at, and at Bowie. Yeah, so. yeah. It, it, it was a lot of money, Andy. But mm. uh, boy, did we deserve it. We earned it. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely made a significant donation because of the guilt that I felt. <laughs> Having spent all this money at this place. Yeah. No one needs food that costs this much. No. <laughs> no it's purely do, a luxury. They truly do not. Yeah. Um, but I contend that we deserve it. Let's get into it, <laughs> Let's Dan. Let's please do. We started with some appetizers. We both ordered sure one. Did. Yours was called the Shannon. Uh-huh. And Well, they're serving their appetizers in single-size portions uh-huh. as well, which means most of them have been cut in half. That's just and a pandemic thing. they've also thing. cut in the price. Yeah. 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 Uh, just so you don't have to share your apps there. Uh-huh. I went with the Shannon. Uh, all of these items on the menu named after different people. Yeah. Um, at first, I thought it was local, and then I did some research, and it turns out that uh, actually not at all. This one's named for Shannon Hoon from Blind Melon, RIP, uh, who wow. was said to have loved prawns, <laughs> but was so deathly allergic that he could only have two. Uh, so this is two prawns. Uh, of course, the half order is only one. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why he didn't just stop having prawns. You think that's what did him in? Yeah. Really? You don't think it was anything else? Well, if he kept eating prawns when he was deathly allergic, almost certainly. (laughs) Wasn't the heroin. No, Uh, no, no, no. That was to (laughs) mitigate the uh, pain of eating the prawns. Now, I don't want to litigate the price on each of these, but this was uh, $5.50 for uh, a prawn. One single shrimp. And Mm -hmm. now... I had uh, recently watched the latest episode of Insecure on HBO, and uh, they were at a fancy L.A. restaurant there, Issa Rae and whoever else was in the scene with her, and uh, they ordered some prawns, and uh, I would say they were about six, seven inches long, real long prawns with a skewer through them. Uh, I think they still had the heads on and everything. This was more a shrimp, and uh, boy, was it a good shrimp, Andy. It was real fat. It was real juicy. Pretty much reminded me of the shrimp that comes with the Leche de Tigre there at, what, what's that place called? Cafe Cusco. Uh, on the menu, it's described as chilled ceviche prawns served with roasted horseradish cocktail sauce. Uh, they also have a little side of diced red pepper there uh-huh. with it. Yeah. I mean, it was just a single fat shrimp in some cocktail sauce. It was cocktail shrimp. It was really good. I think something about the 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 fact that it said ceviche made me yeah. think I was going to receive something more on the lines of the leche de tigre. But I guess that's probably just well, how the shrimp was cooked was in I, ceviche juice. I've had some other ceviche uh, shrimp before, and th- every one that I try just goes to show how tasty the one at Cafe Cusco is. It's <sighs> extraordinary. It's in the Pantheon. It's so good. So, I mean... I really wish we could find an opportunity to talk about Cafe Cusco on the show again. I, but you know, this so no but we couldn't do the, it. The rules state we visited the restaurant once back in the second episode of the show, and we can't visit it again, and we won't visit no, it again. No, never. But yeah, I, th- I thought this was pretty good. Uh, Five fifty, maybe a little steep for it, uh, but yeah. uh, I'm not going to go yeah. through the process of litigating the price on each of these because uh, that was we earned it. <laughs> we earned it, <laughs> and that was seven times cheaper than the main course that yes. I got. So uh, yeah, 
Uh, I don't remember the name of it because the my, my appetizer is actually not on the online menu, but I got a crab cake. Mm-hmm. It was a, you know, breaded crab cake. Thin, crispy breadcrumb breading. Nice texture to the bite. Crazy rich. Very heavy. Interestingly, had a much stronger crab taste than most crab mm. t- cakes I've tried. I think other places may cut it with other stuff. Like, there's just no filler. Just like crab. You took a bite of it and thought it tasted like potato. I thought maybe there was some potato incorporated in there. I... I still contend that it it was very crabby though. Very yeah. had a very high level of crab flavor. Uh, I think this was in the seven dollar range. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. I didn't write it down. I just assumed all the stuff would be on the uh, menu online, sure. and this one was not. Everything else was really really good though, and yeah. I would totally get that over the the prawn. It was day. delicious. Yeah, really really tasty. You know what? Significantly better than like a Long John Silver's crab cake. I would say. I would say at least two times better. <laughs> Okay, uh, let's get into the uh, salad that we tried, Dan. Ooh, we ordered do, the Andy. Tiffany, which yes. was $15.50. Where, where did that name come from? Named for Tiffany Amber Thiessen, of course, Kelly Kapowski from Saved by the Bell, who misread Gorgonzola on the menu as Godzilla and thought that that was super chill. Uh, so kind of weird here that they already had the item set before naming it, uh-huh. but maybe that's just what they do. They, they uh, have celebrities come in, try the food, name it after them. Uh, Tiffany Amber Thiessen, of course, from Saved by the Bell, thought it Gorgonzola was got so chopped iceberg wedge. Wow, goat cheese and Gorgonzola dressing, bourbon and sorghum glazed pecans and burnt wow. ends. Sound familiar? Oh, from the burnt an hour ends ago? are glazed as well, Andy. and wow, Fuji apples. Uh-huh. They split this for us. Which was great. I sure did. And we both got a great portion size. We both got a fantastic portion size. After the price versus portion for the appetizers, I was very pleasantly surprised to mm-hmm. see how much we got when they split this up for us. Bigger than a side salad Oh, definitely. Portion. A full order was definitely a meal's worth of food. Uh-huh. Uh, the sweetness of the apples and the pecans blended really well with the savory, pungent goat cheese and that gorgonzola dressing. Of course... Those had to be Hard Knocks burnt ends on there. That, uh, they definitely be. resembled them. I did not know that they were glazed in the same thing as the almonds, though, which makes total sense because I they had a stronger yes. flavor than you, the you burnt ends. I think you even mentioned that they were a little different somehow, uh-huh. yeah. and now we know. That would be it. Everything on the plate just complemented everything else so well. Like a ton of thought and intentionality had gone into mm-hmm. the salad. And I appreciate it so much. Yeah. With the salad, I feel like a lot of places will just throw some stuff in a bowl and hand it to you. This was designed. Mm-hmm. Um, I balked at the idea of a $15 salad, but when this one came out with the portion and the quality, I think it was worth it. I think it was genuinely worth the $15. Definitely worth the $15, awesome. Andy. Both of us had probably like three or four burnt ends in there, maybe uh-huh. four to five. I, you know, it's the most expensive of their salads, but at the $15 price point is still cheaper than any of the other entrees. I would definitely get this salad again. It's easily the best salad I've tried for the show. Wonderful. Probably the best salad I've ever had. Wonderful. Really one of the most well-crafted dishes I've ever had. Just like, I don't, I don't even like blue cheese, Andy. Mm. I actively dislike it. And I was scraping it out of there with all that dressing and the burnt-in juice and those pecans. Ooh, The apple slices were really thin. Uh They were sort of um, 
set along the side of the salad, so you could just add them to whatever bite you wanted. Mm-hmm. The presentation of this place is like off the charts. Oh, we didn't even talk beautiful. about how the appetizers came out <laughs> oh on God. a yeah. like a a wooden, like a grayish green uh-huh. wooden slab, uh-huh. and they had sauces that were like artistically drizzled along the side that you could use. But like they, I didn't even like register them as anything more than garnish because yeah. they looked so good, and I didn't <laughs> use the sauces. Which is very silly in hindsight. Yeah, yeah. There, uh, I assume that those were maybe balsamic, like yeah. drizzle going on on the side. Something I also like didn't get into them because I just I ate that shrimp so fast, Andy. Mm-hmm. Artfully squirted is, <laughs> is what my <laughs> notes say. Let's get into those entrees, Dan. Uh, let's do it, Andy. Shall I start? You you started up, Andy. I went, you know. This menu has got some real good-looking stuff on there. Uh-huh. It took both of us quite a bit of time to decide what we wanted. I ended up deciding to go for a straight steak. First steak I've had for the show. Um, I typically stay away from steak at restaurants because it's expensive. And particularly for the show, I do not believe that uh, I am equipped to adequately describe the deliciousness of okay. a steak. I'm glad uh, I'm not. I'm, I have that same feeling about yeah. what I ordered, and we'll get to I, it. Yeah, I've totally just never ordered steak for the show before because I I don't know that I'm going to have anything more impressive to say about steak than, you know, somebody else. I'm trying to think if I've ordered steak. Have you? Oh, I definitely have. Oh, I, have you? I told the story about it on a teriyaki grill. Episode. Oh, well, I'm talking about it. <laughs> I know what you steak. mean. Yeah, an actual good cut of steak. I went with the Youngblood New York Strip, the cheapest steak on there, still at $34 price point. Yeah. So absolutely, you know, still indulgent. One of several car dealer named uh, dishes. Yeah, well, or so you would think. Oh, this okay. was named for the band, the Youngbloods, <laughs> uh, with uh, that song, Come on people now they would stop in town and order a single 12 ounce steak to split between the three members of the band so that's why this was named for them Uh, four ounces of steak a piece really you'd think I mean I don't know probably not a very fun show too rich for my young blood wow okay (laughs) Andy this is of course a 12 ounce prime new york strip Mm. with sauteed portobellos onions and asiago i'm not gonna pretend like i know the difference between any single cut of meat andy because i don't this one didn't have the bone on it i imagine if it did have the bone on it it would have a little more flavor but gotta say still jam-packed with flavor ordered it medium i think maybe foolish it was served a little over medium man I like shuddered when you did that. Really? You're ordering steak at a steakhouse. You go medium rare, rare or medium rare. rare okay. You know, I know I, you're not a big steak man. I screwed up. I, I screwed up. I'll do I'll do a nice steak once a year or so mm-hmm. or on a special occasion. I'm pretty sure I've told a story about when I went to Flame and had to send my steak back because my rare steak came uh, charred. Oh, wow. <laughs> and uh, I got a free steak. I've, I've had the most expensive menu item in Springfield for free. Wow. <laughs> that, that's a pretty good life hack. Bone and filet. I'm going to do the same thing next time. But, order uh, a steak, lie about how I ordered it, and then get it for free. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't lie about it. The server knew. The server was like, oh, yeah, this isn't this yeah. isn't rare. Yeah, I mean, you can tell. Anyway, um, yeah, order your steaks rare or medium rare. If you're getting a steak, 
eat a steak. You know? I, yeah, I definitely should have. You know, but this, I would definitely say still had some uh, nice juices coming off of it. Still was cooked pink throughout. Uh, definitely had some char on uh, the edges there, particularly around the fat cap. The first bite that I took was almost entirely fat <laughs> cap. Uh, it, you know, it's so covered with the portobello mushrooms and onions that couldn't really tell what was going on yeah. under there. Probably should have pushed them off a little bit. Would have helped me uh, find the grain to the steak because I know that you're supposed to cut it against the grain uh-huh. as well. And uh, by the end, I had cut all sorts of different ways. I had a piece of rhombus looking meat. Uh, just, just really mutilated it. Rhombus meat. Oh, yeah. Um, but boy, Andy, it's good steak. Yeah, it's really good steak. Super juicy. The portobello pieces were just cut thick and really absorbed all the steak juice and whatever kind of steak sauce they had prepared them in. The onions were cooked almost like they were cut super thin and cooked almost crispy. Really, really good. And uh, the Asiago, it just all kind of blended together to make what obviously the listeners are probably already imagining is a crazy, flavorful, intense, steaky experience Boy, did I like the steak. It is fascinating because usually a steak is served just on its own. You Mm -hmm. get stuff on the side to dip it in if you so choose. And really fancy places would just give you only the steak and like this is what you're here to eat. It is interesting to have all that other stuff on it. I mean, it sounds awesome. Yeah, and I'm not sure. Maybe if I had gone for one of the more expensive steaks, I think the top steak here is like $65 or something. Maybe that's more how they would be served. But, you know, I... I thought that this was a reasonable, lovely cut of steak. I think the most recent steak I've had was at Jim's Steakhouse, and it definitely blows that steak out of the water. Way, way better. Don't even want to compare the two. This is an actual nice restaurant. Yeah, Jim's is a fake nice restaurant. Very much so. (laughs) Oh, you know what we didn't get into uh, is the decor of the inside of the restaurant. Something I really liked. The curtains are all have pictures of people dining in the yeah, restaurant like a cool. bunch of regulars there uh-huh. it was really cool to look up there and see just people enjoying their time at the restaurant windows fully blacked out Absolutely. by the way well you got to um I mean, cannot see outside when you're in there yeah, at all that's i would not expect any less from yeah. a, a place of this kind uh yeah really liked the steak wish i had more to say about it but uh yeah, you I said a I, lot I about it. I don't I don't I don't have a lot to say about it and I'm going to stop talking about it right now. The fact is I deserved this steak. <laughs> After 100 episodes of this I deserved a 12 ounce steak and and uh the mashed potatoes with it, which got to say Andy, I'm sure you'll have something to say about those mashed potatoes cuz both of ours were served with them really really good yeah nice glass of wine too i did i went with a nice pinot you went with a what what drink did you get you got one of the like uh house cocktails yeah i mean it was basically just a margarita mm-hmm. it was a good margarita it was pretty strong yeah. it was a a small portion of a strong margarita yeah and i, I, I liked it it's like a highball glass yeah size I, I enjoyed it it wasn't anything extraordinarily special it yeah. was good i i totally agree on my wine once again wine like steak something that my little tiny brain might just be too tiny you drink to a lot of wine i drink a lot of the wine that costs as much for the bottle as this glass did yeah. yes <laughs> <laughs> dan i ordered the half portion of jennifer lamb wow 
And um, it's actually named after the film Jennifer's Body. I assume. I think it might actually be named after Pat's ex-wife. Oh wow! Uh, there, that's a whole that's a whole part of the history that I didn't get into. But uh, New Zealand lamb rack, braised in black cherry and roasted herb ruby port wine, served with mint and golden currant sauce. I was in a similar position to you, the way that you described with steak. I knew almost nothing about lamb going into this. Mm -hmm. I'd had it a few times before and found it to be soft and kind of, you know, oddly textured. But I figured if I was going to try lamb again, I'd try it at a fancy place like this where I was confident they knew what they were doing. Mm -hmm. I didn't even know what a rack of lamb meant, but it turns out it's lamb chops, Dan, uh, which is... With the ribs still attached. Yeah, bone-in lamb ribs. A full rack is 16 ribs. A half rack is eight ribs. And obviously, I got the eight. It was close to $40, I think. Something like that, $31.99. Yeah, yeah, I think maybe. it was more in the $60 yeah. range for the full rack. These were quite tasty, though not something I would order again. And ultimately, I wish I had gone all out and ordered a medium rare ribeye or some kind of fatty steak. Or I wish I'd have gotten that burger that was on the menu. Oh, my goodness. Where did you talk up that burger? Pinnaker burger, which has brisket, pork belly, and ribeye steak. Smoked Gouda truffle barbecue fries. Wish I ultimately wish I'd have gotten Sounds that, great. but I uh, still enjoyed the uh, rack of lamb. Dan presentation was really cool. The lamb was in the center of the plate, split into two sets of four ribs. One set sitting with the bones parallel to the plate. Uh, the second uh, set on top of the first, perpendicular to the first, with the bones up in the air. I think it was probably the fanciest looking dish I've ever ordered for myself. Not yeah, just for the beautiful. show, just full stop. Um, aside, the lamb was some mashed potatoes and some long green beans. Those mashed potatoes, very buttery. It was Ooh. just like spoons Boy, of butter. They, they, those man, were good. those were good. Those were so good. Green beans, fine. They just tasted like long green beans. Yeah, yeah, truly. Not not a whole lot. Sp- Mine also had a like maybe five or six mm-hmm. green Same beans deal. with it. Just okay. Just a little greenery to the plate, but not particularly flavorful. Mm-hmm. The lamb meat required some effort to bite it off of the bone, though not an annoying amount of effort or anything like that. It didn't have any char like the pork ribs at Hard Knocks. The outer layer was firm, almost tough, and the inner layer was a a little dry, but still really tasty, savory, and uh, fatty. Uh, The sauces that were on there added to it for sure, though neither sauce really knocked me out. Mm. And the sauces were definitely more subtle than I'm used to. I mean, it, it was cool, to eat lamb and pretend to be super rich for an hour, even though I still dress like a bum. Sure. But uh, ultimately, I I think the lamb might have been a little lost on me because I don't have much experience with it. I I kept wishing I'd have gotten that burger. So last night, Dan, I I went and got that burger. (laughs) Well, before you get into the burger, this is super important, actually. I did want to talk about one of those sauces. Um, The current sauce. Now, that's better than an old sauce. So much better. Yeah. I mean, today is like a great period in history. Any sauce that came from today is better than sauce from yeah. the past. Well, you don't want a future sauce. That no. hasn't even been mm-hmm. made yet. Definitely not. Hey, go ahead and get into that burger, Andy. Well, Dan, yesterday was a weird day. Mm-hmm. Um, I am now teaching summer school online. Wow. Which turns out is more of a telemarketing job so far mm-hmm. than anything else, like trying to get kids to show up. And I'm working with another teacher, but when the week started, I had... 103 students in my class. So we each had to make about 50 calls uh, on Wednesday and then make another set of calls Uh on Friday. Sure. And so um, I made a deal with myself that I would get a a good lunch after I finished making those calls. And um, 
it was until 3 p.m. So I did not eat until 3 p.m. Mm-hmm. on Friday. And I was like, oh, you know what? I got to get something good. Oh, yeah. I got to go get something good. So I just decided, you know what? I'm, I'm going to go get that Pinnaker Burger. Once again, named for a car dealer uh-huh. in Springfield, Missouri. Brisket, pork belly, and ribeye steak burger, smoked gouda, truffle barbecue fries. I, I did curbside pickup on this, not because I intended to. I would have gone in and picked it up, but they insisted when I called. Mm. I was like, I can come in. And the guy was like, no, we'll bring it out to your car. Sure. It's like, all right, cool. I think that they, they're so serious about the contact tracing that if you are doing pickup, they don't actively don't want you to walk inside. Yeah, and it, I, I imagine just from overhearing one of the servers take a call, I imagine that this is a place with such a huge portion of their business must be just very regular uh-huh. customers oh, yeah. because uh, I just overheard one of the servers on the phone like recounting what car the person was in as if they had remembered Buddy, it from all the visits. Uh, we haven't talked about this, but we're going to do some some B-sides to the history of this place oh, on really? our, uh, our next Tower Club episode. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. There's awesome. more. There's more. St- I mean, none of it's salacious. Sure. There's just more interesting stuff that I couldn't fit into uh, the bio and not have this episode go even longer than it already has, but it's fine. We're episode 100. None of it's like the 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 little minion to uh, Jabba the Hut. Salacious crumb. Yeah, none yeah. of it's salacious. I I, uh, I posted a thing online once. Um, I can't remember his name, and then I Googled who who is Jabba the Hut's little buddy. <laughs> I was like, wow, this is an insane thing that I just typed into my computer, and then I screen capped that and shared that with everybody. <laughs> salacious crumb. A lot of Star Wars uh-huh. on this episode. Do you know what? I like Star Wars. I pretty would good. say that Star Wars is a pretty good movie. Uh-huh. Good movie. <laughs> Pinnaker Burger. Uh-huh. Dan, this burger costs $21, which is another thing that I found pretty intriguing about sure. it. Like, what does a $21 burger taste like? Absolutely. I don't know. Well, I do now. I will say that this place's takeout game is uh, uh, wildly different than other places. Mm. I got a full like department store-sized paper shopping bag. Sure. And I'm okay. talking like big gift bag is what it came in. And inside, it had they had the see-through plastic containers so I could see the meal. And they also gave me some of that bread that we didn't even talk about. We're talking oh, about those rolls. Andy, we forgot the rolls and the bread dip. Now, they had this fantastic sauce that came uh-huh. with the bread and the bread is so buttery and garlicky and fantastic yeah it's so tasty it's like one of the best things that we ate and it's we a totally nice forgot to talk like, about it pretty good fist size roll yeah. not not sliced bread per se and the sauce is so i mean i guess i mostly think of like a bread dipping sauce in the context of an italian restaurant uh-huh and I think of it as olive oil with some pretty basic spices. This was more of a red sauce, probably still oil-based. Not tomato-y in its red hue, but just spice to the point with some kind of red spices. So flavorful, not necessarily spicy. I don't even know how to describe the flavor of this sauce. Uh-huh. And uh, so we asked our server what what was in the sauce. Yeah, so we were both so... What is it? I said, what is the sauce uh-huh. we're dipping your bread in? She says, oh, that's our bread dip. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. It's the bread dip. And she also said that uh, they use a bunch of different stuff when they make it, and it's kind of different every time. Yeah. Which is so cool. So good. Whatever it was in at this time, oh, boy. It was awesome. I wonder if those rolls are house-made. I, I imagine they have to be. Sure. I think this is a place that they take, it very, they take the food very uh-huh. seriously. 
Okay, so I got some of that uh, bread with the bread dip in my takeout, mm-hmm. and buddy, I was thrilled to see that. Got to try, you know, thrilled to get to Absolutely, try that again. Yeah. First of all, I want to I want to talk about those fries. Same fries as Hard Knocks. That makes sense because as you described on the menu, you said that they're barbecue fries. Mm-hmm. It says barbecue fries, dude. So that's awesome. Uh, they are awesome. They're so good. The Seems like a lot rule. of cross pollination between here and Hard Knocks yeah, barbecue, sure. which are. They're, very close together. I mean, they're next door yep. to each other. Okay, so this burger is big and fat. Mm. Um, just meaning the patty itself. They actually didn't have that many toppings. They had a couple shreds of very green lettuce and cherry tomatoes that have been cut in half oh, with sure. the tomatoes on the burger. And they put them on the side for you to put on. Just, you know, good takeout mm-hmm. strategy. Put the toppings on the side so it doesn't sog everything Absolutely. up. Absolutely. The bread was very similar to the roll. Uh it was a little bit more firm than the roll, but you could tell that whatever style of baking this is, they're probably doing the same thing. Had a little bit of like, uh, not exactly char, but you know how sometimes there's a little, there's like some texture on the top of the burger. It might have been with like some burnt oh, cheese or something yeah. on the top. It looked awesome. Okay, so this patty was, I would say, three quarters of an inch thick, mm-hmm. and it was very big, but also like perfectly sized. So they they cut the meat into like a really nice burger size. It perfectly fit the mm-hmm. bun. Um, this blend of meats is out of control, Dan. Do they ask you for how you would like it cooked? They did not. Okay. And that makes sense because it's not a standard beef patty. Right. If I go to a, I used to do this at social, uh, the social CB social house Mm -hmm. back whenever they did a burger. If you go to a steakhouse and order a burger, order that thing medium rare. That's, you know, other places like a, a black sheep. I would never do that because it's just like kids cooking, you know, but this place when you got a chef cooking, Get a burger medium rare sure, and just like absolutely. have a mind blowing experience. Uh, no, they didn't ask how to how to cook it, which wound up not mattering because this is just like one of the most flavorful burgers I'd ever had. Man. It was so juicy, Dan. But the juice didn't come out until you took a bite, so it wasn't like sogging up the bun in the box. Sure. You took a bite and you could just like see the juice pouring down out of it. Uh, it had a little bit of cheese on it, but not so much cheese as to overpower everything else going on. Man, just like everything else that we tried here at Hard Knocks, so much thought had gone into balancing this out. I mean, I don't know what to say other than it was just like an incredible version of a cheeseburger. Sure. And I don't know that it, I would quite say it was worth $21 or $26 with the tip, but uh, I'm certainly glad I tried it, even if it's way too expensive for me, a, a third grade teacher, to make a regular mm-hmm. part of my restaurant you know, intake. But uh, I, I enjoyed eating it more than I enjoyed the lamb, even though if I acknowledge that the lamb is probably like a more special and meticulously prepared item, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I mean, but at $21, I'm like, that, that's not a huge difference but between like 21 and 35. It's I true. Mean, it, it, yeah. it, once, you're, once you are past $20, you're just in a range of Well, what's the amount of fancy. money a person makes uh, after which their lifestyle cannot possibly change anymore? Isn't it like 500000 or something? Yeah. Like yeah, astonishingly it's not as high as you would low? think. Yeah. Anyway, um, I liked it. thought this was a real tasty burger. Could mm. see myself going to get this on the last day of school or something like that. Some kind of special occasion. Wow. Man, do we need to rate this place? Is there anything left for us to talk about? I don't think so, Andy. I, I want to go back. I want to go back. I mean, I don't... It, do, we deserved it uh, this last time, and, and now that we've gotten it out of the way, uh, I think I think everyone might deserve this, Andy. I think uh, everyone deserves to try food of this quality, and uh, Dan? not just us noble podcast hosts. I've been teasing 
for since the beginning what my favorite burger in town is. Wow. And that, that burger cost four ninety nine. I can reveal where it is, mm. and I still like that burger more than this one. Oh, okay. So wow. We have not covered this place yet. I would say that I probably like my second favorite burger more than this one as well, even though it's a special burger. R.I.P. to Billiards Burger, by the way. Yeah. Such a bummer that we never got to like try that. We had a plan to. It, we sure we did. We really wanted to do a show at the Blue Room where we reviewed Billiards. We had talked about that being our 100th episode yeah. was reviewing Billiards at Billiards. R.I.P. Billiards. That's such may, a bummer. May the Blue Room live on. Yeah. And maybe, you know, Blue Room. Keep that, keep that wait staff. Keep, keep the, keep the burger alive. Wait a second. We've already talked about this. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we talked about. We never revealed that we were oh, thinking about yeah. doing uh, billiards as the one hundredth episode. Uh, but Andy, I just, I want to buy myself a big old white truck, go up there, park on the sidewalk. <laughs> Talking about Metro now. Oh yeah, and and try it all again. And mm-hmm. I want to get that burger, and I'm gonna get that burger. No truck, no steak. There's a sign on the door. We snuck in anyway. Yeah. yeah. We should say that uh, you're not allowed to walk in there without a reservation. True. That's it's a it's a pandemic mm-hmm. thing. There's a sign on the door. We had to call and make sure there was room for us before they would let us mm-hmm. inside. Which so happy this place is taking precautions. Absolutely. Uh, there was something on the Springfield Reddit, like a thread on the Springfield Reddit about places not taking precautions mm-hmm. and not wearing masks, even though it's required by the city and the state to do so. Yeah. Thank you so much, Pat Duran and his employees for following those rules and yeah. maybe even trying a little bit harder than is necessary than is required. They had a full questionnaire at Mel- yeah. Metropolitan. Oh, like yeah. at Hard Knocks they just took our name and number, but at Metropolitan they literally had a questionnaire asking whether you would like your server to wear a mask. Mm-hmm. Uh w- just asking if you were complying to the social distancing guidelines. So I, I, you know, I'd be really interesting to hear what all of this information that Pat's collecting, you know, provides. I don't don't think they're going to use it unless they have to, Sure, but it's for contract tracing purposes. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Dan, Mm. how many Durans are you going to rate? Wow. Metropolitan grill. Mm hmm. I almost didn't have the name again. Still called an hour and a half later. Metropolitan Grill. Uh, how many Durants for Metropolitan Grill? Oh, Out of five. Andy. This boy. one's kind of hard. This is one it? is really hard. Um, so hard, in fact, that I think I'm going to cut real quick to a voicemail of one of our favorite <laughs> guests rating it. <laughs> okay. Hey, guys. It's me, Terrence Howard, the little baby from many episodes ago. Y'all remember me. I originally came on to sell my baby spice product because I don't like things too spicy. And I got to say, nothing was too spicy here at Metropolitan Grill. They did seem a little confused at the prospect of me, a little tiny baby, eating at their fancy restaurant. But I'm firmly situated in the upper class because of how much of my baby spice I've sold. So they did serve me to the best of their abilities, and I got to go five Duans. It was good, and I deserved it. Well, I mean, you heard it there from Terrence Howard, the little baby who's appeared on the show. He gave it five Durans. And Andy... I, I'll also give it five Durans. I don't think it's much of a shocker. I don't think it's yeah. that big of a deal. I mean, I it's it's a, it's really good. Everything there was awesome that I tried. As far as this caliber, like high-end restaurant, I've had some ostensibly fancy restaurants in Springfield mm-hmm. that I liked much less than this. Sure. So 
Five Durants for me also. Yeah. Really I, loved it, man. I really would loved go it. back with my lovely girlfriend and get a burger and that salad and split the both of them between us. And boy, would that be a good time. Absolutely. Oh, you fancy, huh? Oh, you fancy, huh? Oh, you fancy, huh? Oh, you fancy, huh? Dan. Andy. We got a voicemail as we're recording. Oh, Which my is why goodness, I was messing really? with my phone while you uh, were talking just a little bit ago. So I'm going to go ahead and play that for us right now. Wow. Andy and Dan, congratulations on your 100th episode. Thanks for the tips on so many local restaurants. We tried a bunch of them. We just went to Katrina's again last night. Uh, we keep looking for that Christian Slater's Gators and Taters, but can't find it. What's the address on that place again? I have no idea who that was. <laughs> person did not identify themselves. <laughs> oh, I I thought that that was your dad. No, wasn't my dad. Is that not your dad's Let's voice? Let's try again. Andy and Dan, congratulations on your 100th episode. That Thanks is my dad. That, that is your dad. <laughs> <laughs> Andy Carr, unable to recognize the sound of his own father's voice. Uh, Tim, I'm, I'm so glad you're happy with the show. It's, it's, uh, it's all for you, baby. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Real cool that only my parents responded to the, the call for voicemails. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, unfortunately, Christian Slater has already called in this episode, so we cannot get any sort of information on the address of Christian Slater's Gators and Taters. Of course, the uh, the restaurant he debuted in an, in an old edition of the Barracuda Enclosure uh -huh. many, many episodes ago. Man, Dan, we've got a few more clips to play, I think. We sure old do. Episodes. Are, are we all done reviewing? I think the, we are. All three of these places, the full three-meal ordeal is over. The ordeal is done. Wow. 48 hours we ate those three <laughs> places within. Yeah. I, I ate them within 30 hours, yeah. I think. Yeah. Uh, I almost wish we would have just done them in, in one day. That would have been pretty stupid. Uh -huh. It would have been. But, uh, you know, difficult. I think, I, yeah, we, we've hit, definitely hit our hit our quota for stupid and difficult. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I think for the remainder episode here, we're just going to introduce some more clips. Yeah. Uh, we, uh, good old fashioned spring food mode clip show. Mm -hmm. Now now that the uh, Duran 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 portion is over. Oh, and by the way, I'm going to say a solid 12 Durans for uh, uh, Mr. Duran himself. <laughs> sure. Out of 15? Yeah, I'm not There's rating some room the man. For improvement. I'm not rating the man. <laughs> I, yeah, whatever. Uh, <laughs> that's not a nice. That's such a, not a nice thing to do. <laughs> Staff was so hot. <laughs> I of course would never. I would never comment on the appearance of the staff, although they all seemed very nice. All right, Dan. So why don't you go ahead and introduce our uh, clip from our, our live episode. One of my favorite episodes we ever did was uh, Casper's. Oh, oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, this is a clip from the Casper's live show that we did there at Bookmarks here in town. Boy, that what a great show. The last live show we did. Uh, maybe the last live show we'll ever do. <laughs> and uh, We got episode two. We got... We got so two year anniversary. Hopefully September we can do another. Oh, no, October. October first. Yeah, 1st. absolutely. Hopefully everything will clear up, be cleared up by then, and we can do another live episode. Yeah, absolutely. But first, let's go ahead and listen to a clip from our Casper's live episode. I'm technically employed by Vance Hall now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I guess that only, uh, I guess I'll lose one thing, and that's to rate it, Dan. So how many, are we going to go simple? How many Quonset Huts would you rate Casper's? 
Andy, it, it's got to be a five. <laughs> five Quonset putts. <laughs> What a great time that was. Fantastic, Andy. And I, you know, I'm just glad that they've been able to rebuild bookmarks after after what the crowd did that <laughs> night. Uh, true, truly a stunning live show that we had there. One of my favorites. Yeah, uh, man, I, I might go back and listen to that one today just for for nostalgia. Miss being on stage, Dan. Oh, me too. Let me Andy. tell you what's a what a, what's a weird sensation. You know, I made an album. And uh, made it by myself, mm-hmm. you know, making music is, was a de- has become a desk job mm-hmm. for me, which is odd. That's but now weird. I'm like playing air guitar, fantasizing about playing songs I wrote. You <laughs> still like, you know, listen to Van Halen in my room or whatever, be like, pretend to be on stage. No, the fantasy is now playing my own songs for people. Not a possibility on uh, so many levels. I used to pretend I was Van Halen, but just flying around the stage like, uh, what's his name? Uh, the lead singer oh david lee roth oh david lee roth who yeah. i saw yeah flying around like a peter pan <laughs> <laughs> like david lee roth boy andy what a live show that was yeah you know one thing that our shows uh one thing that's helped us become very popular mm-hmm. is we've been able to book a ton of celebrity guests absolutely on the show and we've had so many that it was kind of hard to pick mm-hmm. which one to play you know we've had sonny from pod twice yes absolutely here uh, on the show we've had paul mccartney we had uh, Paul Stanley drop by whenever uh-huh. Kiss was in town. Yeah, absolutely. We've been in negotiations to get those guys back on the show at some point, but you know they're both very busy men. Mm-hmm. Also very old. Actually, you know? I've got a voicemail from Paul McCartney right oh, you here do? That, that we can play right now well, if you want. Well, let's play it. Yeah. Hey, boys. It's me, Paul McCartney, Maka, uh, from the Beatles, of course, Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, all that, the White Album. Just wanted to say that I'm really glad to have been a part of the show for all these hundred episodes. I know I haven't been on there in a while. I've been a little busy with me solo music there, isn't it? And uh, I just wanted to say that I really I love love everything that you're doing for the town of Springfield, Missouri. Absolutely, uh, a town very close to my heart, right next to Liverpool. Uh, not location-wise, of course, but uh, in my heart, I, I place them side side by side uh in in equal importance to me paul mccartney uh of course uh find springfield missouri as equally important as liverpool my hometown love you boys love especially the dan stuff uh <sighs> let it be 
<laughs> wow, Paul McCartney with his typical sign off there. Uh-huh. Let it be. That's good. Wow. What's he talking about anyway? Let what be? I, I don't know. I simply don't, Andy. Uh, but now uh, that, that that's over, I, I think we can get into what you were trying yeah. to lead up to here before you mentioned Paul McCartney. Uh, one of our biggest celebrity interviews ever. Uh, quite a big get. Uh, this is from the episode not too long ago. Uh, I think around March of this year, so uh-huh. right around whenever the pandemic started. Uh, we of course interviewed Mr. Fred Durst from Limp Biscuit. Yeah. So let, let's go ahead and get into that. All right, all play right. That play here. that clip. Mr. Durst, it's fantastic to have you on the show. Now, we are what you might consider hard-hitting, serious journalists here on Spring Food Mo. I've always said that. Mm-hmm. And being such, we require complete and total honesty from our guests. This is something we require from all of our guests. Uh, do you agree to the terms? I won't lie that I can't deny. Oh, that's good to hear. Um, all right. Question number one. What's your favorite Springfield sticky, sweet, sauced meat spot? What? I'm sorry, did you say what? Yeah! Uh, what's your favorite Springfield sticky sauce to meat spot? Back up! Back up! Uh, sorry, Fred. Uh, what my co-host here is trying to ask is, what's your favorite local barbecue restaurant? Rolling, rolling, rolling. Oh, Roland Smoke Barbecue, the food truck? Yeah! Oh, wow, we just covered them on the latest Tower Club episode. And I'm the only one underneath the sun who didn't get it. Oh, I mean, you can still subscribe. Just visit towerclub.springfoodpod.com. What? <laughs> just, just go, just go to towerclub.springfoodpod.com. Uh, sorry. Uh, question two: What's your favorite part of Springfield-style Chinese food? That cookie. What? That cookie. Oh, the fortune cookie. Yeah. Wow fascinating stuff here on spring food mo fred we've got one last question for you if that's okay that cookie <laughs> yes fred we know you like that fortune cookie uh fred last question do, do you have any advice for our listeners on how to survive this uh epidemic no human contact and if you went to rack your best bet is to keep your distance <laughs> wow that was really insightful uh Yo, thanks for coming on the show, Fred. I did it all for Dan. Now I know y'all be loving Dan. <laughs> oh, so he's a Dan guy. Yeah. Yeah. I if if listeners didn't catch that, uh Fred, of course, uh left us with uh he, he did it all for Dan. <laughs> now y'all know I be loving Dan. <laughs> it would have made more sense for I did it all for the Danny. Is that yeah, I <laughs> I don't know what you mean by make more sense. I just that mean like he, just the he words coming that. out of his mouth. <laughs> wow. Did we what an episode that was. That that was so good, Andy. And uh, I think we did. I think we've made it to the very oh, end. Dan. Andy. There's one more segment. Is there one more segment? Yeah, Dan. I mean, I know I've got a voicemail here from a couple past guests, Ronald McDonald, the cigarette smoking robot, and <laughs> Wendy Williams, the uh, cigarette not? smoking android. Yeah, you go, go for hear it. That. Hey! 
It's Ronald McDonald, the cigarette smoking robot here. Just congratulating Dan and Andy on a wonderful hundred episodes of the Spring Food Podcast. Love the show, boys. Love Dan's stuff especially. And uh, hey, I'm walking here. I'm a big New York guy, as listeners know. Me, Ronald McDonald, a cigarette smoking robot. <laughs> and of course, it is me, Wendy Williams, the cigarette smoking android, sucking on a big Winston Red here. Big fat one as i'm known to do and i of course am more of a southern type texan fella voice and our voices do not sound the same me and ronald mcdonald's cigarette smoking robot no of course i am a new york fellow he's a <laughs> texas guy so uh and both of us not guys or fellows at all we are in fact robots and androids yep that is true and uh just go back and listen to some more episodes if you want any and all context for that goodbye Cool. Wow. Another long one. <laughs> Another great one. Well, I think there's only one segment left, as far as I know. Uh-huh. Do you do you know any more? Do we have any more? Um, any more voicemails come in? Any more voicemail? You know, I do have one here. Okay. Uh, actually, I've got a couple here, so we'll, we'll just play them back to back. Hey there, it's me, Tormund Giant Spain, uh, <laughs> Game of Thrones fame. Uh, just calling in to say how much I love the show. Love Dan and Andy, mostly Dan. Um, notice that a lot of people have been coming on the show with a similar voice to mine. And uh, I do want to say that that is actually quite common, that a lot of people's voices still, you know, just sound like this, um, especially across the pond uh, in the Europe area. So uh, if any listeners have any concern that other guests have, in fact, sounded like me, Jorman Giantsbane, the very popular character from Game of Thrones series, uh, I just wanted to let them know that lots of people do sound like me, and uh, that is uh, not at all uh, on the part of whoever's speaking these these oh, voices okay. into existence. Oh, Andy, you're here. Yeah, I'm here. Oh yeah, this is Cockney Charlie <laughs> from the from the show a few weeks ago. The uh, the actor that of course portrays Scooby Dooby Doo and has since the sixties. Just wanted to call in and say, uh, despite how god-awful my segment was on the show a couple weeks ago, <laughs> that uh, I do, in fact, uh, I am uh, quite the fan, especially of uh, half of the show, you know, the the Dan stuff. Uh-huh. Oh, Andy Governor. I'm listening. You're right to here. To the voicemail. Aren't you? I'm listening to the voicemail. No, you're here in person with me. Fine, we've been hanging out. Wow. <laughs> Wacky, wild stuff, y'all. Uh, anyway, b- big fan of the show, especially the Dan stuff. Uh, glad that uh, you can amplify so many voices of uh, Brits, uh, <laughs> like like me and, and uh, Paul McCartney, of course. And uh, yeah, that's all I have to say there. And, and uh, I'll, I'll, go and, uh, I'll go and pass the phone off to my friend here. Hey guys, it's me, Cold Stone Cream Austin. Uh, same voicemail as Cockney Charlie, not a second one. Where I we are sharing the phone here. Andy's also here. How you doing, Andy? Hey. Uh, boy, I gotta say I'm a real big fan of the show. I hope I get to come on it more. And uh, just uh, I thank you so much. You know, you guys have saved me more than I can more than I can even say. And uh, if it weren't for you. My beautiful wife, Isabella Rossellini, would have just dumped me in the garbage like the piece of trash that I am. And I just know it. I keep telling you, you're not a piece of trash. I am a piece of trash. I'm a piece of trash and garbage. See, the deal is, 
I had to go to them with my phone to uh-huh. have them call in. Because oh, we couldn't get them to call yeah. on their own volition. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. So. That makes sense. And, and if any of our listeners beyond the 100th episode here would ever like to call and leave us a voicemail, of course, just call 417-501-OATS. And for your chance to get your voicemail. Like the meal, not the, the Warren, uh-huh. as we yes. always say. Yes, uh, subtract the E from the Warren. Oh, oh my goodness, the... The line's actually ringing right now, Andy. It, I guess we better pick it they've up. They somehow circumvented the voicemail function and are now here on the phone. Let's go ahead and answer it and see who it is. Hello? Hey, guys. <laughs> Hi. You know who it is, right? <laughs> yeah. Yes. It's, of course, <laughs> Governor Mike Parsons. <laughs> it's... Hey. I, I figured something else. I figured something out about this. It's Go ahead, me, Mike. Mike Parsons, the governor <laughs> of Missouri. <laughs> How are you boys doing? So good. Yeah, we're fine. Uh, did you? Were you like trying to call in a voicemail for a hundredth episode? <laughs> no, I was just calling the oats line. I needed to order some oats. Why? It's the only food I eat. I love oats <laughs> between my toes. Okay, let we had to disconnect the governor of Missouri, Mike Parsons. Here's the thing: we can't have anybody calling into the show talking about loving oats between their toes. the The governor's name is not Mike Parsons. The governor's <laughs> name is Mike Parson. <laughs> well, hey. You know, now, he's the one who got his name wrong. I've definitely been saying Mike Parsons, uh-huh. so maybe that's why we got it. I, you know, I, I'm. I don't know why I got it wrong beyond the fact that I heard it from the horse's mouth uh, himself. Wait, he's a horse? Is that what he likes? The no, oats? He's got a bit of a horse face. Not to <laughs> the critique anybody's now, looks. Really, this is not uh, Governor Mike Parson. This is Governor Mike Parsons. Well, yeah, a different person. Yeah. From the Mike Parsons project. Yeah. Okay. okay. Well, uh, about not being hacky. <laughs> Do we have any more? Segments Just stealing Andy? from the best. Good Austin God. Powers. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> we do have one more, Dan. We haven't done one in a long time. Wow. But I got a call out to call out, oh, Dan. Oh, my goodness. Play Andy. the theme. Oh, I got a big one. I'm calling out mm-hmm. Dan Howell. Oh, my God. It's somebody's done this on the show before. <laughs> A person of such low self-regard uh-huh. for a hundred straight episodes, plus like eight more Tower Club episodes, he's continued to tolerate the most annoying behavior imaginable uh-huh. from me. Wow. His co-host and producer. Dan puts up with so much that no normal person would. There has to be something wrong with them. He episodes over tiny things that nobody cares about. Dan's always totally relaxed about it. Always knows the right thing to say <laughs> to get me to chill out. Like when I had a bad breakup. He's like, every people break up all the time. <laughs> totally chilled me out. When Dan shows up to record on time and nothing's ready, he just has to watch me set up, which has become increasingly more common the longer we do the show. Dan never makes me feel bad about it. He'll even help me get ready or get waters for us or whatever. He never complains about anything. And that's insane. Last December, listen to this. Last December, when I insisted that we record like 10 episodes in four weeks. This guy. So I could have the entirety of January off to recover from brain surgery. 
Did Dan complain even once? Mm-mm. Did Probably he not. Ever decide it wasn't worth rearranging his entire schedule during the busiest month of the year? Nope. Just showed up, did the work, show didn't suffer at all. Piece of. <laughs> Can you believe this? Who would do that to themselves? He didn't even try to get me to just go dark for a couple weeks. Probably because he knew any attempt to do so would have been futile because I am mentally ill. Uh-huh. And cowards go dark. <laughs> it's true. Cowards do go dark. Uh-huh. Uh, anyway, I'm calling out Dan Howe. Wow. For being way too good a co-host and business partner and friend. Very small business. Very, very small yes, business. very small. Have a little self-respect, dude. <laughs> do what any reasonable person would do in your situation and quit the podcast. Wow. Andy. Live a normal life with no added stress from a totally pointless endeavor. Dan Hal, co-host of the Spring Food Mo podcast. You got called up. Wow, Andy. <laughs> Boy, did you peek there. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's the idea of the segment. Oh, man. I, 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 I don't know what to say. Nah, Andy. To say I, I deserved it. I deserved it. <laughs> I, I deserved to call out. and uh, Just like you deserved that New York strip. Mm-hmm. Yep. I deserved both. <laughs> Boy, 100 episodes. Ah, uh, so many episodes. <laughs> More more than a hundred, as you uh-huh. mentioned, if if you count in the the lovely Tower Club episode. Yeah, Tower Club people got a secret hundredth episode. Uh-huh. Yes, it was just for them. It was <laughs> our actual hundredth recording. Yeah, it was a <laughs> super special. That as momentous as this one was, surely. Well, <sighs> that's it. Um, we're about ready to sign off. I'm leaving directly from here to the Black Lives Matter protest. Going to put mm-hmm. sunscreen on. Can't decide whether I'm going to hold the sign I made or not. I'm bad at drawing. Have terrible handwriting. Sure. Dan observed my handwriting for you the do first have bad time. Handwriting. It's so bad. Yeah, it's and this horrendous. is coming from a guy with bad handwriting. And I, my handwriting is so bad that I, I made my sign that just says justice. And I'm worried that people are going to think, "Is this a joke? Like this, <laughs> this handwriting is so terrible." This guy doesn't want the police. <laughs> he wants just ice. <laughs> Seems kind of antithetical to the whole <laughs> movement. Anyway, um, <laughs> black lives do matter. We're happy to support that cause. Money to them, support mm-hmm. in any way that I think we can do, yeah. we're going to do. Yeah, to reiterate, if you subscribe to the Tower Club episodes within the month of June, uh, half of what you're paying there, that $5 a month, is going to go to those Ozarks Food Harvest. The other half is going to go to local Black Lives Matter organizations because as much as me and Andy like to joke, we don't actually deserve all this. No. We get more than we do deserve because of our uh, sticky, stinky white privilege. Yes. And, uh, you know, whatever we can do to make the world a little better place, I, I, I hope that we're doing so. And uh, one of the greatest privileges of my life is to get to do this dumb show and uh, just generally get to do it. And even more so to get to use some of that money that people give us for the Tower Club mm-hmm. to uh, help other people. So... We, yeah. get to, we get to do this, yeah, and it can benefit other people just a little bit. It's insane. Yeah, yeah, it's really <laughs> nice. It, it's uh, definitely one of the best parts of the show is getting to make that donation at the end of each month. And uh, the second best part, Andy, doing it here with you. Yeah, I feel the same wow. way, buddy. It's so nice to have like a reliably good time every week. It's it's been a kind of a the last year. Things are better now. You sure. Know? But that last year was really rough for me, and this was like the only constantly good thing 
that I had for a long stretch of time. So anyway. Wow, Andy, that's so <laughs> sweet. And uh, I don't know that I would agree with you that things are better now. for me personally. <laughs> I'm saying, well, I had, a, I had a tumor, Dan. Like, I no longer have one. Don't you wish you could just go back to before you even knew you had one? though? <laughs> I mean, and have a weird, like, constantly growing body. No, <laughs> I kind of don't wish that. <laughs> oh, man. Speaking of constantly growing bodies, Andy, we got some food to eat. We do. We do. Do you want... Should we go ahead and announce what we're doing next week? Nah. (laughs) Bye-bye. Hey, thanks for listening to Spring Food Mo. We really appreciate it. If you'd like to hear two bonus episodes per month, join the Spring Food Mo Tower Club. Go to towerclub.springfoodpod.com. On one episode, we talk about whatever, and on the other, we review all the new restaurants in town. Joining the Tower Club is only $5 a month. Half of that helps us put on the podcast, and the other half is donated to Ozarks Food Harvest to help fight hunger in the Ozarks. So you're saying listeners can donate money to a good cause and get two more episodes of our dumb show? That's what I'm saying, Dan. $5 a month at towerclub.springfoodpod.com. Cool. Thanks for the money. <laughs> Spring Food Media. Thank you for calling the Spring Food Hotline. You can say whatever you'd like, and we might play it on the show. That's right. You leaving a message is consenting for us to play it on the show, so be careful what you say. Thanks for the message. Bye. Or whatever. Start talking. All right, well, I was trying to try to draw. Uh, pretty disappointed that I was, yeah, again, passed on for uh, momentous Spring Food Mo occasion even after i was like a pretty early on fan favorite that people seem to like really enjoy and like all my segments are usually like gold and i don't know it it just seems kind of off to me that you guys would just continually like put chatty in the corner like this you know like I'm chilling with my boy, Birdie, waiting on the call. I know Spring Food Mo, huge 100 episode coming up, and I'm real psyched about it. And Birdie says to me, dude, they just recorded. Like, I saw it at the tower. And I'm like, what? So, once again, disappointment for me, Chad Chad Shaw, serious kind of local dirtbag guy. But either way, uh happy birthday guys love you bye hey guys it's me barry the barista springfield's favorite barista i'm just calling in because i haven't seen you since quarantine time and now that we're back at the beautiful building of hammond's tower i just thought i'd stop in and um visit you guys and bring you a nice cup of coffee um these times have been crazy and i've just been doing my best to stay afloat for myself and for others with the delicious power of bean juice and would love to extend that offer to you guys as well um the next time i'm in oh, hold on please
Oh, well, guys, I'm going to have to cut this short. Um, looks like I'm being paged uh, over the uh, intercom to uh, make coffee. You know how that goes. Anyways, I just hope to see you guys soon and, you know, love you guys. Come with it now.